powered from the Pernomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from outside Brisbane in Australia, as well as the great province of Alberta, Canada. It is episode 120 of the Primetime Jukebox. Tonight, we talk all things NFL and the big game as John McTavish joins us from Developing Palettes. And as always, the Primetime Jukebox is sponsored by Perdomo Cigars, awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend requires tobacco has been carefully hand-selected and are well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan Sangro, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combine these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and filler tobaccos because each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigars is a family-owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo 30th Anniversary, Perdomo Double H 12 Year Vintage, Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary Line, Perdomo Albano Bourbon Barrel Aged, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Inminso 70, and many more. For great pacing notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at perdomocigars.com. And I want to mention JRE Tobacco. The authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the Golden Age, discussed Cuba is a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it is one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamistron Valley in Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with Authentic Corojo. Now with Jerry Tobacco, who in a sudden who's a birthday very own brand in the market and each contain that authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest release, the Aladino Sumatra. And each represent the golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. They're available at your local retailer. Be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every drawer. And of course, we want to mention Tobacco Lera USA, makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H. Upman, and Aging Room Cigars. Tobacco USA, great things are happening here. And finally, by Drew Estate. Dark, bold, unapologetic, black and scars and anyone but Drew Estate is an intense journey into the uncharted, deepest, and darkest, and heaviest depths of Maturo Tobacco. It's a masterpiece collaboration between Metallica's James Hetfield, Sweet Amber Distilling's Rob Dietrich, and Drew Estate's Jonathan Drew. The All Maduro Black and Cigars M81 by Drew Estate is rich and powerful, but beautifully balanced, offering tantalizing notes of leather, chocolate, and espresso that's perfect for both life celebrations and times of reflection. You can find them at your Drew Diplomat retailer. And remember, all the live streaming for the Primetime Network of Shows, as well as the California Studios for the Thursday Primetime Show, sponsored by Drew Estate. And we should also mention Tobacco USA. And Drew Estate, along with Saga Cigars, are the official sponsors of Cigar Coop Coalition's 2024 PCA trade show coverage. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime Episode, excuse me, Primetime Jukebox Episode 120. This is Will Cooper. I am in the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend and colleague, Mr. Dave Burke, down in Australia. Hello, Coop. I'm excited to talk uh, football, talk halftime show. See... And revisit like how fantastic we did on our uh, predictions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Hey, so why don't we why don't we introduce our we'll get him right into the conversation here. Um, always pleasure to have this guy on, and uh, really glad he was able to make it because he was part of our prediction show. Uh, he is the conscious Canadian himself, cigar surgeon John McTavish from the great province of Alberta, Canada. John, welcome Whoa. to Jukebox. Gentlemen, thanks very much. Uh, I appreciate that despite having one of the lowest musical IQs in the cigar industry, you continue <laughs> to bring me back as a guest. And, you know, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I'll do my best tonight. Well, the last two years, you made it to the finals of Battle of the Bands. So, I mean, yeah, uh, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? You obviously know more than we do. So, I mean, a, a blind squirrel gets a nut every once in a while, and uh, that's all I could say about that. It's just definitely a blind squirrel situation. Oh, I don't know about that. You did pretty good. Uh, <laughs> but the idea is with the music, we uh, we have fun with this here. Um, we do get sometimes, Dave and I will get into the weeds, as in the last episode, if we don't get into the weeds with the Peter Gabriel episode. Uh, but this oh. was a little lighter today, so it's, uh, it'll be fun. You love Peter yeah, Gabriel. Yeah, we, uh, we talk a lot of football today, which I'm very excited for. It's in Australia, not a ton of people to talk American football with. Yeah, yep, I exactly. can see that. <laughs> no, I can see that. It's probably, I mean, it's, it's kind of this, It's I think, Dave, it's a lot with all the Commonwealth countries, because even in Canada, you know, it kind of goes hockey, CFL, probably, oh, okay. you know, lacrosse or curling, probably curling is number three, I would say. And then, you know, American football is going to be way, way down, way down really? on that list. Yeah, It's interesting. And this is interesting for all the uh, freedom viewers right now, but um, the, uh, in in Australia, the game is actually on a Monday because mm-hmm. we're because yeah, I remember I know that I remember you were at work when the game was going on last year. <laughs> so I always take the day off so I can watch it, uh, except for last year. But I didn't care who won last year. Well, you you um, missed you missed Rihanna though. I was your mistake. I missed Rihanna, but I I recorded it, so I knew I right, was gonna... right. Yeah, but what what they do is, um, well, a couple things. One is. You can have they have the halftime show is just its own show, right? On like satellite here, so you could go home and you could just like watch the Rihanna show, like you don't have to watch anything else, right? Um, but the other thing is what ESPN carries it here. So what ESPN there's a lot of these ads with Stephen A. Smith telling people to call in sick for work so they can watch the Super Bowl. So it's very funny because it's like yeah, it's uh it's uh he's dressed as a doctor and he says that he. Gives everybody a sick day so that they can uh, watch the Super Bowl. That's funny. Funny. That is funny. Yeah, that is. The, good. the other yeah. thing for us, Dave, is um, because of the way broadcasting rules work, we don't get the Americans. You know, the big part of the Super Bowl yes. obviously is the game. You get the halftime show, but it's you know I, the commercials are kind of a big cultural aspect, and I literally have to go to YouTube after the game to watch the commercials because you know people will be like, oh man, that Doritos commercial. Like, yeah, it's good. As soon as I see it on YouTube, I'll know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's like here too. We don't get the and and sometimes too. They they're better. Last year they had the. Sometimes we get like international announcers, so we don't get the same announcing crew. Right. And and there'll be some play. They'll be like, now remember, the football is the brown thing that people are throwing, and it's like, <laughs> oh my god, they're, yeah. they're so brutal. Yep. Yep. <laughs> No, it's uh, it's unbelievable. Um, yeah, it's definitely uh, you know, and and we're going through in the U.S. right now. Um, there's a big change in like announcers, uh, because mm, yes. a lot of like the Troy Aikmans, uh, 
they went to Amazon. Um, so it, it's it's uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman went to Amazon there. So it's been a big change. Al Michaels is going to be. I think Al Michaels is pretty much done with football. From yeah, I think he's retiring. So he's yeah. retired. Um, you know they had Greg Olson doing color commentary, and now Tom Brady's booting him, which mm, is kind of a little boot. bit of a shame because Olson. Olson's not very entertaining. This problem, but he's very no. But he's his, but his tech his technical broadcasting skills are. I'd rather good. have Olson, yeah. And yep. I'm starting to see the Tony Romo tide finally turn. This year, oh, I yeah. see it was how great he was. Oh, the first, I don't know, Coop. Oh, I'm starting to hear it a bit now. So Coop, I don't know, I I normally don't. I agree with you on all points. Um. I'm I'm really not sad to see Buck and Aikman go. I like Buck. Uh, I think Buck does a really good job. But I Aikman, Aikman is like this is definitely his worst year. Um, mm. I know they called a few Jets games, and it was just like from the very start of the game, I was oh, like, God. Aikman, I don't know what the Jets personally did to you, but like this is the most one-sided broadcasting I've ever been a part of. Like ever sort of way. Like it was just yeah. brutal. And he didn't let up all season. Like he, it just got worse and worse yeah. and worse. And I was like, it's the kind of it's well, it's like Coop points out. There's just certain games where there's a commentator, and it's like I I listen to the game on mute because I I cannot take it's his bad. commentating because it's just it's both wrong and it's um you know a commentator's supposed to be kind of a neutral arbitrator of what's going on, and he was anything but so. But the uh, Greg Olson thing is a bit of a blow. Um, yeah, Tom, of course, is going to be making more money as a commentator than he did at a as a quarterback. Oh which... God! He's Listen, making a ton. I'm not saying some. This is going to upset some of the Patriot fans, but I can tell you, some Patriot fans have agreed with me on this comment. Tom Brady does a podcast. He's awful Ooh. behind a microphone. Oh, that's like, yeah. oh, look, oh, I'm not saying I'm the best by any. I'm as raw as they can. Oh. I'm not, but he is awful behind a microphone. This is going to be. Yeah, I hope they get him some training because it's going to be well, a that's dis- the worry, isn't it? It's going to be like, like when Montana, mil they spent on him. Montana tried to do it one year and it was a disaster and he he, he quit after well, one didn't year. Didn't Emmett Smith try one year as well on I Fox believe, or something? Yeah, I believe so. He was, yeah, he was. Right, so I'm just Wouldn't saying. Wouldn't it be great to get a yeah. $35 million a year job and not have to interview for? <laughs> you know, like, what's, your, what's your skills? I played quarterback. Okay, and how does that pertain okay. to broadcasting? Yeah. I played quarterback. Yeah. Okay, Bang, you, you you're hired. Yeah, and you want to speak of biased broadcasting. No one's talking about it. Nance and Romo were rooting for the Chiefs so bad in that game. Oh, my oh. God. Was it unbelievable? Every- this mm. is the greatest play ever. Like everything. It was terrible. They were absolutely biased in that game. Yeah, it, it, I think what – so I think there's been some great Reddit commentary that said, you know, kind of first year Romo was so excellent because he came prepared – um, his his commentary was insightful. Like he would say, okay, you know, uh, quarterbacks lined up under center. You're going to see a guy shift to the left. Uh, so what you're going to see here is he's going to they're going to move left, but they're actually going right. And he would call the play as it was happening. And I was like, okay, this is some of the best insightful technical commentating I've seen in decades. And then it was like year two. I don't know if they got mad at him or they said like you're overshadowing or whatever, but like his year two, it's like he shotgun two beer and then just showed up for the game. Right. And it's like, you know, Nance is like telling, telling stuff and then Rome will be like, Oh, blah, blah, blah. Nance is like, that's not true at all. Tony. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, what's going on? 
Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I've been his biggest defender, but the last two years of broadcasting have been not good. No, it's not like good. I said. I think this year was was sort of the first time I've seen a lot more negative negativity on it. Mm. Um, for a lot of the reasons you say, yeah. And I just thought mm-hmm. they were terrible. I go, I actually wanted the Chiefs to beat the Bills. I know it sounds crazy, but I just couldn't believe how biased they were. I'm like, this. Is oh, ridiculous. we're gonna we're Every- gonna get into that later. We're gonna oh, get yeah, into yeah, that later. John, uh, yeah. I, I got I got fire for all the Chiefs fans. I'll just put it at the top of the hour here for all the Chiefs fans that are currently watching. You can email me at john at developingpalace.com. Feel free to send all your hate and 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 backlash because it's all me. It has nothing to do with Coop. Has nothing to do with our good friend Dave from Australia. It's all the Canadian. Send your hate my way. I will take it. I'm bringing the fire. There's where there's where Dave likes it. Dave wow, likes it. Dave I love likes. the fire. Yep. Bring the yep. fire. Yep, yep. Um, speaking of fire, should we get into the music news, Coop? Yep, yep, yep. We got we got a bunch of stuff this week. Uh, we got. I'll get my first couple out of the way here. So we got. Dedication show in March. Nice. So if you have dedications for people that you want to send in, you can do so at cigarjukebox at gmail.com. Yep. Send those in. People have um, tweeted and stuff and direct messaged us before. Try don't, Please don't do that because we lose those. We lose it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't have it. We don't have um, it. So when we when we pull all the dedications together, it's easier on email. So if you can email that dedication shows in March, we'll just give you some reminders. I'll probably put something up on the site. About yeah, that. We, we'll probably put some on the site, and uh, we we want to record that before PCA. So yeah, uh, you know, it's coming up quicker than you think right now. It yeah, is. it really yeah. is. Mm-hmm. So yep. So so we got that. So I'll put something on the site to remind you of that. Um, so please send those in. It's just the name of the person you want to dedicate a song to. Maybe a little story about the person so we can kind of talk about it. Yep. And then a song for the person as well. Yep. You could do it for the same. If you've done it before and you want to do it for the person again, go ahead and do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. I, I tend to rotate a few of those every year. So, yeah. And then if, if people too, sometimes people like to get the cigar for it. We always do the last calaveras of the previous years so yep. 2023 which i'm that's a you, good one that was a good one too so yeah and people can still pick those up they're still around um so you can still get those if you want to get one yeah. early for when you listen to the show uh and the oop series coop is nearing its end yep yep uh the oop series is near its end and new oldie series kicked off today uh, as a oh, I day. saw so, that. I saw that. So I so, yep. appreciate that being a metal man. The Metallica yep. getting a nod. Yeah. So, John, what the new oldies countdown is, I do this kind of uh, at the end of January or February, is I look at artists that have been around for 20 years, and I try to see who, what are the best albums that came out from the, those artists that have at least nice. 20 years. So Metallica, uh, the uh, Metallica's last album, uh, 72. Why am I drawing a blank? 72. <laughs> like Magnetics or something? Man, I'm I'm getting old. How do I? Metallica is seventy. Oh. Metallica. <laughs> oh yes. my goodness! I'll, I'll look it up for you here. Oh Coop. my goodness! I've been like seeing your moment. Oh, Metallica be, uh... seventy-two seasons. Seventy-two seasons. Hmm. I struck the title from my memory because I didn't like the album. So it was ten. Pretended it didn't happen. Uh, see, I, and I, I'll just say I thought it was a little bit of a throwback to some of the thrash metal that they were known for early on. You're gonna have a 
chalked list here, Coop, because there is a lot of um, you're, you. But you're going to be surprised at who made the cut on some of these. There were some definite surprises that came in uh, on this list this year because there was a lot. And then when you see, you're gonna there see. were. There were. I'm excited to see it. I love the new oldies list. I'm excited to see who's on it. Yep, yep. So, uh, um, and it's any uh, album released from November 1st, 2022 to October 31st, 2023. Yep. It's a good window. Same as a cigar window. But same thing. It, it takes you a while. You have to kind of go and make sure you've digested all these albums and everything. So, well, that's uh, the not to, you know, not to give any publicity development palettes because they don't need it. I tell you what, no. the amount of publicity they get. Bunch but of, I was watching drama your, <laughs> I was watching your media show. I was finishing it up, and John had an excellent point around bias and around like, well, you know, there's inherent bias in the sense that you can't smoke every cigar that's been released, and you have 100%. to like pick and choose. It's the same thing with these lists. Like, I can't listen to every song that's been released forever. Yeah. So you sort of like pick and choose and this one sounds interesting and oh this person's released a new album and so it's it's uh, it's good to try and get as many lists as, or as many yeah you know people talking about it as possible. Exactly, exactly. So Coop will have stuff on his list that I missed just because, you know, you just can't get to everything. Yeah, exactly. It's really hard, yeah. Which is the uh which is the um genesis of the oops list cuz the oops list is everything I find out that I missed. Yep. When I put out my list. Yep. Because every time I go over Coop's review list for his top twenty-five, and I'm like, man, how did we not review that? How do? Oh man, we missed another good one. And that, you know, that's part of the fun of me checking Coop's list we, is to see just how wrong we got it. We all miss a cigar on on a, on a list every year, so it happens. Yep. Uh, that's why I went to the two-year window too. Yeah. Um, uh, just because it does allow for that to to make it up. Um, so I mean, it's you know. It does help a bit with that. So we got Coop put this one on. I think Swift is making the Super Bowl. So is this official? Is she going to make it? Or is so, this still speculation? So it's become a very, like, such a throwaway story, right? I mean, yeah. first of all, explaining people how time zones work, which kind, which kind of interesting, <laughs> you know, like it, it was, it harkened back to the West Wing. I don't know. There's a really great episode yes, of West Wing yeah. where they're, they're doing time zones and they're in Indiana and they get lost. And um, I guess the embassy of Japan is actually weighed in on this because I think oh. you're now starting to get into like cultural thing where Japan, I think their government's like, it's very important for Taylor Swift to make it back to the Super Bowl. And if she doesn't, it doesn't reflect on her, her aircraft or her pilot. It reflects on Japan's inability to be organized, get her out from the show, get her Damn. back on the plane and back in time. So they've weighed in. They're like, you know, oh, We've looked at it. You know, we've had our experts review. Uh, we feel very confident uh, she will be able to make it. Uh, and it's like imagine a imagine an embassy releasing uh, a press release like that to say, you know, we have full confidence that she'll be. I mean, oh, that's it's that's crazy. the world we live in now. It's crazy. Well, I I was telling Coop about this. You'll appreciate this, John, being from a smaller Commonwealth country, much like Australia, but. Uh, Smaller and compared to the amount of people in the U.S., I guess. Oh, yeah. But Taylor Swift is coming out here in February 24th, and I will be going. Oh, boy. But she's coming to Sydney and Melbourne. She's doing, like, I think three shows in each, and they're all sold out. But at one are. point, there was pre-sale tickets, John, and I was telling Coop this at the time. Pre-sale, so not even, like, public yeah, yeah, sale. Yeah. 
like you had to have like a code or whatever. Mm-hmm. At one point, there was four million people waiting in line to get the tickets. And to put this in perspective to people, the entire population of Australia is something like twenty-five million. Yeah. So that that's like that's that's insane. Insane. Yeah, pe- people don't think because there's been a lot of commentary around Swift, obviously, and her dating Kelsey, um, but people don't realize the amount of fans she has, not just in the United States but worldwide, is in is in the tens, yep. if not hundreds oh. of millions. And it, you know, it's been it has been a real positive for NFL because you've got a oh, yeah. whole segment of fandom who had no interest whatsoever in football, and they're tuning in. And I think they said it's been the single most uh, single most increase in swag and uniform sales the NFL has ever oh, seen yeah. as a result of her showing up at games. That's all she's doing. She's showing up at games. She's not saying anything. She shows up at a game, <laughs> they pan the camera two or seven times, and people go nuts. Well, it's like my daughter, right? And she plays rugby, so she sort of like passively likes football. Um but she's kind of like, eh, I could take it or leave it. But if she knows that Swift is there, she'll watch it just to see them. <laughs> there you go. And if Swift's not there, she's like, eh. Yeah. I don't need to see that <laughs> Where's one. Where's Taylor? Is Taylor okay? Has anyone <laughs> seen Taylor? Is Taylor safe? But, yeah. But she'll the- know. She'll be like, the Chiefs would play, like when the Chiefs will play someone, she's like, oh, yeah, Taylor's not going to be at that one because she's at a concert and whatever. <laughs> so she knows all these things. I think well. you'd know that, Dave. <laughs> I can't keep the concert. I read the other day though she's not playing at the Grammys. That's the that's the thing. Not performing. Mm. Well, because be I think it's a, I think it's that whole Japan tour is why she's not. Um, I think that Japan tour was booked. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's, she's not performing at the Super baby. Bowl. She's not performing at the Super Bowl either. Let's let's get that one out of the way. There's, no, you know. So no I was way. talking to my wife about that, and I think um, if people have followed Taylor, I think the fact that she's dating Travis now makes it even more like unlikely that she would do the Super Bowl in the future. So I think, you know, is we'll get into that obviously later in the show, but I feel like that window for Taylor to do the Super Bowl has kind of closed. I, I yeah, don't uh, think well, she's going to do the Super Bowl ever. I, well, I agree with you, unless she splits with Kelsey. Well, get well to and my... I think she's definitely not going to do the Super Bowl. Well, you're right. Yeah, I can see why she wouldn't. You're right. You're yeah. right on that. Yeah. But uh, the other thing about it, which is so boss, is that uh, uh, she's turned down doing the Super Bowl in the past, mm. and and now and and the NFL always talks about the Super Bowl will help you know promote your your um your brand or your music or whatever. Yeah. And now it's like she's not doing the Super Bowl, and she has you know she's promoting the NFL more than if she did it. But but yeah, so so we'll see we'll see that. I mean, it's been a good run. Whatever. You know, whatever Taylor Swift people are, you know, saying she was the downfall of the Chiefs. They, Kelsey's gone in the time machine, man. He's Dude, like, yeah, it's nuts. Been amazing. I, I was saying the other day, I said, you know, I feel like, and, and I say this as a football guy, I feel like the, the Kelsey Mahomes connection has reached a point where I think they're more effective if you look at how many completions and how many touchdowns they're getting in a game. And I know this is going to come across as sacrosanct to the Patriots fans. Uh-oh, I think they're a better combination than Brady and Gronkowski because Gronk, Gronkowski yeah. put up some numbers. They were a great combination. But if you look at the number of touches that Kelsey's getting in a game, how many yards after carry, 
he's he's not just coming out clutch on some plays. He's he's becoming sort of a a main guy for for them winning. And 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 like Coop said, or you said, sorry, it, it's a time machine. It's wild to see. Oh, it's like wild. you know, like people were talking about Kelsey maybe retiring at the end of the season. It's like I don't think. I don't see him retiring. He's he uh, seems yeah. like he's having the best games. Mm. It's crazy. It is crazy. We'll save some of that heat. Mm. Absolutely. For the, for the football talk. I know Cooper's excited for this. Dolly Parton Rockstar released on 8-track. I thought this was a joke at first when I saw you post that. I didn't think this was real. <laughs> I saw it in it the was, notes. She put it on her uh, official site, man. Wow. It's like some 8-track box thing. Have you ever owned an 8-track, Dave? For 8-track day, I did. I, have. I did not have an 8-track player, though. I did just to have a... I okay. have friends that I had ha- I had an 8-track player in my car. They were more popular in cars. Yeah, I did yeah. have one in the house, but it was primarily a, a car thing. Um, the 8-tracks were just you know, obviously a way to play music in the car. So Now, Coop, did you have... Cause... <clears throat> What I remember of the eight track is for me, they were always undermounted. Therefore, I don't know why yeah. yep. there was they were always undermounted in the dash. They weren't mounted in the dash, and I don't know if that's because they're always an aftermarket thing and you couldn't get a model standard. But for me, it was always an under the dash thing, and like because it kind of take up the center console, and it was sort of the mm. last piece, almost mm. to the bottom of the center console, touching the floor where your eight track player would be. Mm. Most of them were aftermarket. I I have seen a couple built in, but it wasn't as common. Oh. It was mm. when the cassette came; it became more common because it was much thinner. So mm. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the eight track. Yeah, I I literally thought this like I don't. Yeah, I wonder if do they. I I know they do sell eight track players. So you could actually go on Amazon. You could find them. Eight really? track sales are going to go through the roof. They're going to see that it's going to be like when vinyl came back. You're going to see. Uh, an explosion of eight track sales for no reason. That's uh, right. Hey, why not? Eight tracks were a pain in the ass, though. Let me tell you. Oh yeah, they were they, <laughs> they were bulky. They they uh, the the uh, what do you call it? The uh, the the tape would always bind. The tape would always bind. Yeah, when those things yeah. were bind, yeah. you were done. Yeah, you, yeah, you, they were yeah. they were essentially like three quarters the size of a of a beta oh, yeah. cassette. Like they were just oh yeah huge. Yep. I mean, for people that haven't had an 8-track, it's sort of like having a VHS player in your car. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, the player was huge. You have to throw in this big 8-track in it. But but it was it did, actually it a 4-track. It was actually a 4-track. Yeah, 4-track. Four four yeah, yeah right. but they four called it 8-track. Yeah. It did make that satisfying thunk, though, when you when you put it in and it would engage. There was always yeah, this like tactile <laughs> as it locked in. I don't know why, but that, that was always a thing for me. Oh. Uh. That was a, that was yeah. the thing in the seventies. The eight track is like a symbol of the seventies in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then cassettes came along. I think I because I, I remember it like in the and because I must have been around during the sort of bridge between the eight track and cassettes. Because I remember it in some cars, but not in every car. Sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, 80, 80, 82, 83 is when the cassette started to get yeah. into the cars. Yeah. And then the CDs came out 86, 87. Yep. And a lot of cars had CD and cassette for the longest time, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, combo had, players, yeah. Because, again, they were so thin, you can get both of them in there. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's true. Then came the CD players that you put in the trunk. 
and you could put like I, uh, oh I god, yeah, like thirty the cartridge with the this twelve or sixteen or twenty four cassette. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was always and you had them in the trunk, and yeah, and they you know the temperature sensitive and everything, so it was easy. Mm-hmm. The temperature insensitive, you, you didn't have to worry about it. Yeah, cassettes would melt sometimes. You had to be careful with that. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, anyway, I thought you would. Yep. Enjoy that. Um. So we have what else is up? Oh, you got new Pet Shop Boys, which I the, did listen to. Yes, yeah, so they have four singles out. The Pet Shop Boys have a um a new album coming out. Um, it's called Nonetheless. Uh, we'll talk about one of the songs in the uh, New Music Forty Five. Um, the big thing is that I don't know if folks heard of, I don't know if folks really care about this, but the Pet Shop Boys are back with Parlophone Records. And that's kind of the record company that got them started. So, um, I think that's a big, um, you know, I think that's big for them. You know, they're kind of going back where they started from right now. Um, but, uh, you know, that's, that's the big news is they're back with Parlophone Records. So four singles come out. I think the new album's coming out in a few months uh, as well. Uh, so I was very excited to hear that news because they did an EP last year. Uh, it's been a while since they've done a uh, new Pet Shop Boys album. And, and like I said, these the Pet Shop Boys need to get on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, ballot. How they're not on there is just a uh, miscarriage of justice with the career they've had. Mm-hmm. If you're opening it to all sides of music, there's no one who's been bigger in the EDM and post disco than they've been, so this should be a no brainer. Get get it done, uh, Hall of Fame. Oh, get it done. Get it done. Get you got to get the, get this one done. Uh, uh, I'm a you know, folks. I'm a big Pet Shop Boys guy. Calling them out. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk more about that. And uh, well, yeah, song, we new, we'll, yep, I have a new music, music on that yeah. one. Yep. Uh, now for Destiny Music, who had one that I know of? I was going to talk about. Wayne Kramer, who was the what, co-founder and lead guitar of MC5, which I don't know if people know of MC5. They're, they were sort of their Detroit kind of proto-punk band of the 70s, like late 60s, early 70s. Um, they had like a couple of albums that are quite big. Uh, I'm sure once you heard their songs, you'd know of them. Um, and some of the songs, I guess, that MC5 is best known for is Kick Out the Jams. It's their biggest one. Uh, it's the album probably everybody's seen where it's like the big MC5 on the cover and the cover is like just this kind of collage of people sort of thing. Um, and then Looking at You is another track from uh, MC5 who are putting out, I think their MC5 was putting out music I think quite recently even. Yeah. Like uh, they weren't like they, they're still playing and stuff. They've done, they've, I don't know if they put out uh you know, Kramer announced the tour. I remember they did the 50th anniversary tour. Um, but I thought there was something else. I don't. It may have been a tour that they were doing. But um, I, again, this is another band. Uh, they've gotten denied from all. They they at least got nominated though. Mm. Uh, you know, again, mm, so you look at what they are. I again, I don't know why. Uh, I don't know who who's left in the end. Is there anyone left? Is it just Dennis Thompson left now? I don't know who's left in so. MC5 now. That's the question, yeah. I would think so. But yeah, but uh, but that was just happened recently. And then you had one coop too. Yeah, talked um, I've sure. talked about this woman I know on some cover shows and disco segments. Uh, Marlena Shaw, 
Um, she is best known for doing what I call an epic cover of Diana Ross's Touch Me in the Morning. Uh, when I say epic, she for me to say it was better than Diana's version, that's a lot, okay? Uh, mm. She did a much more bolder expression. But Marlena Shaw was known. She was a jazz artist that made the transition to disco. She had several other disco hits uh, in the late 70s. She did the theme for uh, Looking for Mr. Goodbar. Uh, she died uh, at age 84. So, uh, you know, I kind of always look, Dave, at these artists that I always talk about how the disco era created some made certain people stars mm. that they might not have been stars before. And I think Marlena Shaw is, is an example. She was very popular in the nightclubs in New York. Uh, you know, and especially that Touch Me in the Morning song was was incredible. If you haven't heard it, it's a, like I said, I call it the bolder expression of that song. Um, so uh, I was very sad to see that news on, on Marlena Shaw passing away at 84. Mm. She was older than I thought, too. I didn't feel like she was up there either, but... All right. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, Miss mm. Marlena, yep. Another disco legend gone. Yeah. Um. Speaking of legends, Billy Gibbons. This is yours, Coop. <laughs> How, much top, do we want? How much do we want to talk about this one, John? <laughs> wow. Uh-oh. Okay. What okay. happened? He was, at, he was at the TPE. He was yep. at the TPE. Yep. He was at the TPE. And he wants the cigar brand. Um, it's called Billy Gibbons Cigars. Uh, he's got two releases, um, which is uh, one is a mass market cigar called Twin Turbo, okay. and uh, the other one is the premium cigar called Virtu. Um, the thing is about these cigars is the cigars are coming. The Virtu cigars, they're coming from Debonair. So they're debonair cigars. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Um, and they're being released in three sizes and five different blends and three like five cigars. Um, across two different blends with different sizes, three sizes, right? Um, and they're selling these in a humidor. So, oh. but here's the catch: the humidor is only gonna have five cigars in it. Okay, so you're what? gonna get you're gonna get the humidor. You're gonna get five cigars. One blend, one size, by the way. And it comes with, like a, I think, a collectible lighter. And it's $300. Yeah, it's well, a collectible sucks. Zippo case with it, it, a jet insert. It looks nice. I'm going to say that lighter looks slick. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. If you're like a he Billy Gibbs, you're going to like it. Yeah. Um, but, but here's the catch. Oh, I don't know how much we want. We want to say this. Do I want to say this, John? Oh no! Probably not. We'll save it for another cigar. We'll save, show. It for, we'll save that for. Oh yeah. Well, let's just save that for something. Yeah, we don't want to get. Yeah, let's. They're coming from Debonair's. Would you say? Now I know Debonair makes. They make a good cigar. They made the wedding cigar. They made my daughter's wedding cigar. So I'm telling yes. you, it's a good cigar. Yeah. Um. But Billy Gibbons was at the TPA. Uh, it seemed like more people in the industry were getting pictures with Billy Gibbons than taking oh. pictures at their own booths this year. Yeah. Fire shots thrown. Shots thrown. Um, like I don't know how you had time. Like I know, uh, I know someone who's online for the Billy Gibbons. It was a, it was a, it was not a five minute wait. Okay, I don't know how people from the industry had that much time to go online for Billy Gibbons in the middle of a trade show. It, it's still right. perplexing to me. Uh, so I was told the line was was you know much longer. I didn't ask for a specific time, but the feedback I got was the same thing. How are people online for Billy Gibbons? So, uh, but um. I'm interested in, you know, I, I, the only, here's the one thing I'm concerned about. 
there, Billy, there, there's a company called Global Tobacco that's going to be doing their distribution. This ain't any knock on Global Tobacco. Um, I'm sure for the mass market piece, they could do a great job. This piece, this premium piece, they don't. You're gonna have to connect with brick and mortar retailers, or find a very good online outlet to sell these because otherwise, it's gonna be like cigarette companies just don't tend to like cigar stuff's not distributed in the same way as cigarette stuff. Mm. So I think this is gonna be more of a challenge. I, I the distribution kind of worries me that that piece could be in trouble right out of the gate. I may be wrong, but we'll see. Mm. Ooh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta tune in later for the, uh, for the fire, for the fire that was uh, alluded to. <laughs> the, the... You could check out Half Wheel as well. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll uh, do that. Yeah, I mean, he was at the. He, there's some more insights into what's going on with, uh, with the company. Is you know, and I'll just refer people to you know, Charlie was on the floor at the trade show. Uh, we weren't a TPE this year, so yeah, right, yeah, all right. Well, B Billy, you know, hey, so uh, I, so I t I take it not a lot of confidence. This isn't going to be the next uh, knuckle sandwich, is what look I'm look debonair. It could make a hell of a cigar. So yeah. I have confidence that the blend is there. All right, and and if it's debonair and Zangi is involved with it. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna blend and produce a good cigar. Reyes Factory is a great factory. My question is the distribution is the one piece that yeah. I would see is the big red flag here. Uh, yeah. and I, I I hope they can overcome that piece, but I think it's gonna be. I don't think that's the right. I'm. I don't think that was the right way to go. I would have even I would I would even went with two distributors, one for the mass market, and one for uh the premium. You know, Altidus has been getting into some mass market stuff lately. They have a line called Red Lion. And they recognized they had to form a separate distribution arm and not sell it through the premium channel. It wasn't going to work. Right. So right. that's what right. I'm just saying. You can't. Anytime I've seen these two mixed, it never works. Okay. Yeah. So it's not a knock on the cigar. Yeah. No. No. Well, stay, stay tuned. Maybe yep. a ZZ Top show. Maybe Billy will come on. You never know. You never know. Uh, you never know. <laughs> uh, any other cigar news, Coop? Um. Well, obviously, Billy Gibbons was the big one. Um, just looking, I don't think there was anything like super. Um, there was not anything really. I'd say super. Um, no, David I mean, Osgo. What was that? The David Osgo news. Yeah. Oh, David Osgo is pretty big news. What am I saying? Um, there was a big resignation in the cigar industry yesterday. I think it really got overshadowed because of. Um, Everyone was at the at TPE, but David Osgo, uh, he is the president of the Cigar Association of America. So that's the trade association we oh, right. don't hear as much about. Uh, they represent like manufacturers, distributors, production people. Uh, well, PCA is retailer focused, and CRA is supposed to be consumer focused. This is, um, but David Osgo, who I think in the I've been following CAA probably closer than most. Since David got in there, I think he made some great changes to kind of get CAA into modern times. Uh, he updated the logo. He put a whole new, like, he created some new roles on there. Uh, they were much better at communication. They just, it just seemed, to, the organization just seemed to be much crisper. So I don't have any insight, but he suddenly resigned yesterday. So I don't know if he got another job. I don't know if there was, I don't know what the deal is other than he resigned. And CAA is now looking for a new president right now. Right. Okay. So yeah, that um, I think that 
like I know people say, well, I don't care. Believe me, the CAA is where all the money's at in the cigar industry. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you that straight out there. That's where the money is right now on mm. that. Um, so yeah, uh, the the other two stories I think that are just, um, I'd say the Casada 50th was announced. So that's going to debut a pro cigar. It's going to be going to PCA. And uh, if you're interested on Coop, I have a high-level summary of uh, Judge Medhead. Not Judge Medhead. The appeal against Judge Medhead's decision. Um, you know, we vacated the rule. So um, John and I messaged this. And I think, John, you were spot on. This is the same rhetoric that they're trying. Like, if, the if this is what the FDA is going into court with, I think we have a good shot to win this. Yeah, it really seems like the um... – I mean, the FDA was was told uh, before filing their their appeal. It wasn't an appeal, but before filing their um, reply, uh, when judgment before judgment originally ruled, and it was very clear to them: you have a year to prepare for this. I don't want to see the same arguments. You need to come with something fresh, with a with a way to resolve this. And they didn't. So he said, "Well, I told you that you need to do this. You didn't." And he went on record as being, you know, quite vocally scathing about a number of things. And so this is the appeal that they filed and they've sort of, as Coop pointed out, they, they sort of doubled down. They said, well, you know, we still disagree, but now we vehemently disagree. And it's right. and for people who don't sort of follow legal processes, typically in an appeal, the, um, the bar to appeal is actually quite a bit higher than the original appeal that you filed, the, the original reply you filed. So right. now instead of one judge, you have three judges and judges in general are very reluctant to overrule a ruling, even of a lower court judge, because you know there's sort of um, mm. there's sort of a, a bond among judges where you know he's made a ruling, we want to stick to that unless he's done something egregious or or obviously in error. Uh, so you know on its on its uh, face, it would be very unusual for them to overrule his his ruling, and when they they've come with their appeal. It, it just—they're literally saying, making the same arguments, uh, and they've even argued one of the major points where he said that they've misrepresented the amount of youth smoking, and they said, "Well, we don't think it was misrepresented. We just think that you know it, it got lost in the context." Yep. And when you read through it, you're like, "You, you, you guys have learned nothing from this process." So I'd be very surprised if they decide to uh, overrule. Uh, but I guess you know. We'll see because the uh, the deadlines are coming up. So, yeah, it was a very simple appeal too. Like they said, two grounds. Number one, they say you you shouldn't have uh, you shouldn't leave um, premium cigars unregulated while you while, while you're trying to get the regulations done, right? And number two is they said that um, hey, you know, you shouldn't have vacated the rule to begin with, right? Like you could have you mm. could have just told us you could have slapped us on the hand, told us to go back and redo it. You didn't do that, right? This was a case. This is this is I'm gonna just say this. This was like a kid being told punished, and now he's going to like the he went to the parent. The parents say no. Now he's going to the aunt and uncle. This this is kind of oh, what right. I say. This is exact. Now I don't want to sound too overconfident either because again I you know things happen in the legal process. But but mm. man, it, it, John, I think you made the like, is this the best they can do? Like I thought they could have found some other like grounds that were deeper. And maybe I'm missing something in here, but but 
I went through that document and it was just red. It was the same rhetoric I went through. I'm yeah, like, same rhetoric. They, yeah, and like yeah. I said, they, you know, you pointed out they, they essentially doubled down on some of the key points that I think they don't have an argument to make. And the big one really was misrepresenting youth smoking tobacco, which was again, based on their own filing, their own research right. from the FDA that said, you know, they, I think they represented it as uh, I think it was the number was 5% of, yeah. of youth smokers. And they're like, no, it's 5% of right. the youth that were found to have yeah, cigar smoke. Smart. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's 0.001%. It's such an insignificant number as to be irrelevant to the conversation. And so, you know, they really haven't filed new information. They really haven't mm. provided additional evidence. They've just doubled down on their original arguments. Uh, we'll see. But like Coop said, I, you know, like there's there's certainly a lot to be positive in, which is an odd mm. thing to think in in uh legislation but uh we will see because uh, i think a lot of this stuff is i i think the the ruling has to come out either during or just before the pca i oh, okay. think no i think the industry has to respond before the PCA. oh the end pardon me that's that's right it's yeah. the NDC has to respond okay. so right. so yeah this is not like you don't do oral you don't do a lot of oral arguments with this a lot of this is through written briefings so they have 30 days to respond to the written briefing you know the other thing about this whole thing about like they they got slapped for basically ignoring what was called option two, which was yep. the exemption for premium cigars. And now they're arguing, mm -hmm. saying, hey, we showed all the science and there was no reason we should have even offered an option two to begin with. Like it was kind of oh, like right. it's just kind of like, yeah, um, the, the best part was that Meta pointed out that within their arguments of saying why they shouldn't have an option two, he said, you, you tried to avoid this idea that there's a premium cigar and in doing so you literally categorized what a premium cigar is. So you've oh, made, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. You've made your own argument. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But John, it's a multi-court judge thing. So I think once this happens, it goes on to the, uh, the, the docket. Uh, once. Yeah. These, so, um, I was a little unclear what happens if we lose the appeal. Do we get to appeal or something like that? I don't know. But yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. When I talk to a couple of people in CRA, they seem to think that, Everyone wants to avoid this going to the next court, which would be Supreme Court. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, because there's even a chance that they could put all this money in the Supreme Court won't even hear the case. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, that's that's something worth watching. So, but yeah, that's our cigar news. Something else worth watching: our Devalue Palettes Review of the Week. Yeah, we love this segment. Okay. Sometimes <laughs> I have to admit, John. Sometimes, for the sake of time, we 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 don't have this segment. But we try to have it every show. It kind of. Yeah. It was an organic segment because I just kept, we kept talking, we kept ended up talking about your reviews for some reason, and so we just made it a segment. Um, I I watched the one about the foundation where you all crushed the cigar, and I loved the it. Matapa Claro yeah. or the Matapa Maduro. The whatever the first one was was it a Matapa Maduro? Maduro. Maduro. Yeah, and yeah. I love it. I love when you guys are on fire and like Seth crushes stuff. I think it's the best viewing ever. Well, we do have the Matop. Thank you. We do have the Matapa Claro, uh, which, you know, I think all of our commentary at the end of Matapa Maduro as well, you know, let's see what the Matapa Clara yes. forms as. Hopefully it's better. And then it was like, uh, you know, three guys looking at the camera going, well, <laughs> here we are. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so I mean, it sounds like now I haven't had a lot of foundation stuff, but it sounds like recently the foundation stuff hasn't been hitting you as much as previous. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, I'll say that uh, obviously taste is highly subjective. Uh, I think that was never more evident when we did our uh, guest spot on the Cigar du- Jukebox show where he does his uh, his brand uh, uh, brand stock market show. Um, you know, the, yes. I think the audience and uh, the other panelists that were very high on uh, foundation, but we kind of approached it from the perspective of, you know, listen, we're talking about this sort of 2023 timeframe. Uh, I think prior to 2023, there's absolutely no question in my mind that, you know, foundation is one of the best boutique companies out there. Uh, I would pick up anything from foundation right. and happily smoke it. Uh, may, many of their cigars have shown up very high on the top 25 list over and over and over again. Uh, I think they make really good cigars, but for whatever reason, you know, my subjective is... taste and certainly the subjective taste of the other panelists uh, with some much more premium offerings through 2023, kind of universally between the the two Olmecs and the two Matapas, mm. uh, very much a miss, a miss for us. But uh, like I said, it was, you know, mixed responses because um, all the other panelists on the Cigar Dojo show uh, felt like they were the... very strong offerings through yeah. 2023. So, yeah. Um, Did you have this cigar coop? Yes. Oh, I haven't reviewed it yet. Um, I thought it was a disappointment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I agreed with John and the development palace on this thing. Now, same feelings as John has. Uh, I think Nick has done an incredible job. He's produced some incredible blends. And But there's two points I want to make. Number one is some cigar has to be at the bottom. I always say that, okay? Yep. This one is, is this is the one at the bottom. Um, and the other thing is, I just don't think Sumatra is Nick's cup of tea. I don't think he's, I mean, it's just, it's maybe a rapper. He's, he's chief just, of the Broadleaf. He's not he's, chief of the Sumatra, you know He's not I'm chief saying? of the Sumatra. But to John's other point, I thought the whole year was a disappointing year for Nick. I thought the Charter Oaks were a disappointment as well. Right, I forgot about the Charter Oaks. The Charter Oaks were not as good as the regular Charter Oaks. So, I was a little higher on the Olmax than probably you guys were. On uh, developing pallets, but um, I also agree with you on some of the points. I didn't have Olmac as like in the top five. Eric, Eric, and Jordan and those guys have a real. Um, they they like Nick stuff. I mean, that's not that's yeah. not a knock. They like Nick stuff, and uh, I I still was surprised they like this. I got to be honest, I was still surprised. Yeah, it's um, you know, like I said, it's it's kind of part of the fun for developing pallets for us is not necessarily when we agree positive or negative. Uh, but really when we disagree, you know, when we have one or two guys that are really high and one or two guys oh, that yeah. are really low, because then we can kind of, you know, duke it out and, and sort of go back and mm. forth. So that was kind of fun on the dojo show to have Coop and I being like, well, I'm not so <laughs> sure I want to, uh, you know, buy more of that stock. Right. And they were just, they were kind of flabbergasted. They, like, they, like, they, they had what? a look of horror on their face. Yeah. yeah. It was like a look <laughs> of horror. You guys crazy? <laughs> yeah. This is Apple. We're like, it's more like Tesla, you know, <laughs> it could collapse at any moment. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. Well, uh, top of the stock, something like that. Yeah. Uh, nice. But, uh, but uh, look, I, I have no reason to believe Nick won't bounce back this year. No. So, yeah, I just can't look. Saka said it thousand times. You can't uh, like every cigar he makes because you won't love any of the cigars. Yeah. Every, every yeah. cigar, like Coop, Coop, I think you put it really well. Every cigar can't be a number one cigar. It just can't. It can. And you're going to have cigars. They're going to, you know, it, it, no one wants to pick a favorite child, but there's a favorite child and there's a not favorite child. And unfortunately, every, you know, even with Black Label Trading Company, who I love dearly, they had a miss or two in 2023 for me. And, you know, that's my mm. taste profile. Yeah, you, Everything yeah. can't be number one. 
I remember well, you that review because I remember you, one of the black labels didn't hit for everybody. Yep. And I remember it happens. But, yeah. you know, there's fortunately, okay. there's a lot of smokers out there. Uh, I have no doubt the Matapas and the Olmex and even the um, sure sure Trotter Oak are going to sell well. Yeah. Yep. Uh, um, now, the last thing. So we try to do or this new thing. We're trying to do a pairing of the week. This is new. We just introduced this. Yeah. We're going to try and do this. is a, We had a, a show meeting. We wanted to add a new segment. So we got Let's pairing of the week. Yep. Because we do, we have a lot. So during the week, one of my weekly pairings, we, I had a, the new Red Meat Lovers ribeye. Mm. And I love the Red Meat Lovers. Ever since it was, I think if it's you more watch Dojo, If you watch that Dojo show I'm talking about, Red Meat Lovers plays a very key role in one of the rounds. I'm not going to mm. give it away. I mean, it's an interesting trajectory because that was originally just an event cigar, wasn't it? It Coop? was. It got expanded with, it was with a- Abe? It was actually a smoking micro blend, right? Yeah, it's a yeah. micro blend, right? Yeah, and then the uh, beef stick, which is the round one, that was the event cigar, right? But uh, what happened, from what I understand, uh, Evan Darnell, who owns the Red Meat Lovers line, uh, he wanted a national line, so he was being courted by several companies to do to do that they wanted to do it. He went back to Steve and Abe, and he said, "Look." He goes, I, I want to stay with you guys, but I'm getting offers to take this thing national. Yeah. And uh, yeah. he basically and they basically gave the blessing for that. Uh, and and of course, Steve's Steve's response is always funny because he's like he's even at the show. He's like, listen, I just I just hey. wanted to make this one micro blend. <laughs> and now you guys are talking about taking this brand national. Uh, I don't know if it's going to sell nationally. You know, it's sold. <laughs> it's a success. Now we got to uh, make more. And, you know, oh my god we have so many cigars to sell now i don't know and it's like listen steve you made a good cigar everyone loves it just just make more people will be happy don't worry about it yeah, uh, funny. yeah so uh, uh so yeah that uh go ahead david we, we, you were doing your well pair. i was gonna say i paired it up with uh with uh iron maiden seventh son of mm. the seventh son oh, probably the best prog metal epic ever Love that song, and it just yeah, just paired it up with that rich cigar, a bit of the Iron Maiden, a bit of Bruce Dickinson. Very good. What's, so, you, what's yours, Coop? All right, so this week I reviewed an Aladino cigar that a lot of people might not have seen. It's called the Aladino Lounge Edition. Um, and this is one that went to the Aladino branded lounges, which is only three stores at this point. Uh, but it is another Aladino Sumatra blend that they did. And it actually came out before the Aladino Sumatra. And um, I liked it. Again, me not being a Sumatra fan, I liked that Lounge Edition cigar a lot. Um, as I was starting to think about what the Paradise with, um, there was another exercise I was going through. And it was basically around Billy Joel. Okay, and we'll talk mm. about Billy Joel I know, in a little bit. Um so there's a song by Billy Joel called Miami 2017. And it's uh I've seen the lights go out on Broadway. It's that whole it's 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 to me that's just one of the I was like trying to come up with a great Billy Joel song. Like that's a great Billy Joel song. I don't care, you know, it that's a Mount Rushmore Billy Joel song for me. And I paired it with the Aladino Lounge edition because Aladino uh is based in Miami. So I kind of just mm. put the two together and uh 
to me, it was just, it was more, it wasn't more of a tasting combination here as much as uh, kind of the dual Miami vibe. And I'm a big, uh. Aladino is a great brand for me too. So I just kind of put the two together and I was smoking it as I was, as I was just basically chain listening to Miami 2017. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. We're going to talk more about Billy Joel. Yeah. I know we have more Billy Joel stuff coming <laughs> up later in the there's show. There's going to be but... some fire there too. I know there's going to be some fire. Fire, Coop. Yeah. Um, John, what about you? Where'd you get, what's your hang of the week here? Yeah, so um, so I've started to do this uh, birthday celebration cigar thing because I just celebrated a birthday, <laughs> and so you know, kind of, uh, you know, going back to cigars that were kind of uh, noteworthy over the years, and uh, I, you know, I've got these boxes kind of stuffed at the back of my humidor, and one of them was uh, the original warped Maestro del Tiempo, and I smoked one on a herf with with Coop because we're we're doing Wednesday yep. herfs now. Uh, and I went back to it, uh, paired it with a Tokyo Drift IPA, which IPAs can be a little tricky, but this IPA is more of a West Coast style. So it's got that really nice, fresh citrusy note, not the uh, sort of overpowering hoppy note of bitterness. And uh, put on some uh, Buena Vista Social Club because I feel like mm. it's the right vibe. It's a very sort of, you want to sit back and just sort of you know lean back in your couch and just kind of be in the vibe and that mm. was the the warp master del tiempo where you're you know you take a puff and you're just like man this is so good and then you just kind of listen to you know the smooth easy listening and you, and for me you know it takes me back to sitting on the patio of the national and just kind of chilling for hours at a time yeah uh and you know i was like yeah this is it just reminded me of you know some of those early releases from Warped were just next level uh, great pairing with the with the uh, Buena Vista Social Club, and then the Tokyo Drift IPA was was sort of rounded out that experience for me. It was really nice. Oh, that's nice. No, I I that's excellent. I think back to those original Warp cigars, like the Loso and stuff. Like I love oh, those yeah. cigars. Yeah, John and I, I were reminiscing about Don Don Ronaldo. Uh, yeah, I mean, I remember. In fact, I was reminiscing with Jeff, Jeff Borshowitz about that on Thursday right. night as well. Yeah. So, cause we smoked those basically at, at Corona cigar. Yeah. Cause he had, he had, um, I don't know what the deal was, but at the time, uh, Jeff was getting sort of, I don't know if it was an allocation thing or whatever, but he had allocation of warp that nobody else did. And it, I mean, at the time, mm. you know, he went, he went heavy, he went heavy. He with went Kyle. heavy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, um, you know, it was kind of at that time, 2013, 2014, where people weren't, willing to take a huge flyer i think there was some fda stuff looming so people were a little hesitant and jeff went all in and so it was kind of the right call at the right time because people like coop coop and i remember like they were saying like well you can buy one and it's like well, i want to buy multiples like, what is it? I, I can mm. sell you guys one each yeah. and it's like because they're, they're just so like everyone mm. wants one Everyone we wants we only have a certain amount of boxes. I can only sell you one. Yeah, they had them behind the counter too. You couldn't even get those yeah. uh, those Don Ronaldos, uh, yeah. which I still think is that that release was the best release of warped cigars I've had. Yeah, uh, listen, that that's going to go down forever. I think as sort of one of those when we think back in the years of legendary cigar releases, that Don Ronaldo was truly a, a legendary yeah. game changer for for cigar releases. Uh, absolutely, mm. absolutely, with that. Um, I, I agree that, you know, you know, another line I just want to mention, because it reminds me of a young guy out of college. There's another line called El Mago Cigars. Mm. Keep an eye on this line, guys. I'm telling you, this is good. Okay. You need the trade show. Uh, I'm going to be getting some of these cigars. Um, 
But uh, I want you guys to eventually try I, I was really impressed with this kid. Uh, Nick Fusco is the guy doing it. So very impressed with him. So uh, it kind of reminded me of where Kyle was 10 years ago coming out of college. And he's a super nice oh. guy, this guy, Nick. So, yeah. Kyle, re-release the El Oso Cup, man. A nice short, a nice mm. half Corona, John. Oh, no, You know, there's not enough good half Coronas. Half Coronas are kind mm. of the, the, the yeah. Habanos side. And everyone's like, why do you yeah. like Habanos so much? I'm like... Because they make these sizes. They make these oh, sizes that man. you just don't get, you know, outside of maybe Tatawahe. And I can't really think who else makes a half Corona. Uh, HBC Crown Head maybe. does shorts. Some, some oh, of them are short. a bit bigger than a half Corona. Uh, yeah. Rainier did a half yeah. Corona, didn't he? Rainier did, Rainier did a half Corona, but they're oh, so rare in the non-Cuban side of things. The Cub. Yeah. Kyle, the, cub, the, was, cub. The, cub was really, the Cub was really good. I like the Mama, which was the Maduro. I love yeah. the Mama. The Mama yeah, was yeah, really yeah. good, that one, yeah. yeah. Mm, bring them back. Great band too. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, speaking of stuff, what what is people smoking? I'm smoking. Let's talk about the Super Bowl. Smoking the SBC 22. Ooh, smoking that new new. Surrounded by champions. This is luckily. Uh, Mike sent me these. My latest order. I managed to get some because he has them on his site now. Which means usually when Mike has Postania stuff. On the Hustler site, it means that he's got it all to the bricks and mortar already. So he yep. always saves his site for last. Yep. Um, and tries to get all the customers first. So you can get them on his site now. Look at that band. That band is so hot. You I know, I band. didn't think I was going to like that because I didn't like the last band. I'm, I'm talking about band. Not love the, that band. The, the 20 was kind of like cheap looking, I thought. That looks much better. Ooh. That one, I think, looks much better. But I'm very excited for this cigar. I love this. I'm sure wine. that I'm sure they're already made notes that I I I I think I already bashed the 20 bands. So <laughs> uh, I'm sure. But if not, I'm sure there's notes being made. Uh, oh yeah, this will come up in their latest. Show oh no, I I uh, they they asked me to like on the show. They they made a wish list request for a guest, and it was me. And I I messaged Mike Palmer. I said. I'm gonna try to get down in May. I just gotta wait up to nice. PCA, and, and he's more than excited. So we we kid around, but I think it will all be fun. So I, I'm gonna do that show probably in May. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to uh, get a chance to sit down and review that. That'll be. Uh, I think, like I said, nice. I think that green looks really nice on that. Actually, doesn't I like it? it? It does. It really pops. And I, I, I don't know. The last one was like pink and purple. I just didn't. It was like pink yeah. on no, pink and blue or something like that. It just didn't go. I, uh... That's why I'm very excited for this cigar. What do you got? You got the football cigar, yeah? Football edition from last year. So. Um, you know, what I'll say about this is these cigars tend to age really good, right? Mm. Um, they just age really good. This is kind of a bowling pin cigar shape that they they hadn't done this. They did this size like about one of the earlier ones. It's a five and five eighths by 54. It's like a, a, a small fi- uh, small perfecto almost. Uh, Habano wrapper with a uh, broadleaf accents on it. Mm. No, uh, yeah, I'll get into it a little more as we get it, but it is, it is, this is this is my last one. It started off great. So, John, what do you got? So, uh, I made an impromptu visit to Miami back in January. Uh, kind of tore it up at uh, Caribbean Cigars and also a uh, Blue Smoke of Dallas. Uh, this cigar oh, that wow. I'm smoking saw it on the shelf. I didn't realize that uh, Caribbean was was a big black label shop, so I kind of went a little. I uh, went oh, a little bananas. <laughs> uh, I got the the morphine Lancero because uh, you know, listen to see those on the shelf. I'm like, yeah, and I didn't realize they were a black label shot, like a big black label shop. 
Uh, so I kind of, I kind of went heavy at Caribbean and then I kind of went a little crazy with some more stuff at uh, Blue Smoke. So I figured this was the right, the right call to light up for the show. Be nice, nice long smoke. Nice. Oh, love Black Label. Yeah. If you're, um, if you're in Miami, like I said, Caribbean cigar, if you're looking for Black Label, Black Work Studio, Ovea Negra, that's the place to go. And they, they, they always they have almost everything, so you can find it there. It's a wall. It's a wall. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's yeah. impressive. Yep, it is yep. impressive. Speaking of impressive, our uh, NFL picks. Was it though? Was it impressive? <laughs> well, <laughs> there, there are a couple standout misses. <laughs> um. So let's let's go through this here, Coop. So it looks like. Well, that was a Ooh, stone God. cold lock, wasn't it? Yeah, but we were, but we were sweating that one. I think we were all sweating that mm-hmm, one until mm-hmm. the last week of the season. Yes. Yeah, it was close. It was definitely close. No question. S- sweating the Bills. Coop. AFC with a stone North, you cold, got the Ravens. Stone cold Raven. You called that so stone cold. I, I, I was actually Good just confident. I Thanks. I, I was just very confident with the, rape, the moves the Ravens did mm-hmm. um, versus I just thought the Bengals, I know they signed I, the guy on the uh, – they signed that offensive lineman. I can't remember his name, but I still thought they had a lot of issues, and I was worried about the burrow the, the burrow injury as well. And that turned wow. out to be, you know, that turned out to be true. That, so for people on the podcast, we all picked the Bills for the um, AFC, AFC East. Yep. yep. And AFC North, John and I went Bengals, yep. and Coop got the Ravens. Got it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But then the, the Bengals South- didn't even make the playoffs. <laughs> the Bengals didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> well, then the no. next one's a problem. We all went south well, with the AFC South with the Jags. You know, but south. the Jags, the Jags were doing well, and then they the, started you know, well. They started well, and then the Texans just out of nowhere, they're like, "No, we want to win some football games," and then they just inexplicably started winning football games. I don't want to say they had no business winning, but like they didn't show anything last season that would lead you to believe they were going to have this big breakout season this year. Well, no, it was I... a it was a combination of things. So we all picked the Jags of the AFC South, and what the Jags decided to do was just totally fall apart, mm-hmm. and time that up perfectly with the Texans deciding to have a resurgence. Yeah, I I actually think Trevor Lawrence was hurt the last four or five games that I yo he was hurt. I think it was worse than people thought. Oof, that makes I, sense. I think, he, I think oh. he was definitely playing hurt when, and he probably should have sat for a couple of those games, more of those games. They fell off the end of a table. But they, but that's the that's what happened. They got the the, the results are the results. That's not the excuse. It's the the, yeah. the results are the result here. The, and then the AFC West, we all went to Kansas City. It was we sweated a, it was that one a, a little bit. Stone cold lock. Stole no, cold no one made a, no no one made a challenge to them. That was the problem. Like, no. like I thought the Broncos may try to close in at some point. Oh God! They, I know you well, love that. Just day. after after that Miami game, Miami laid a beating, the kind of beating where you're going to talk, be talking about it a decade oh, from now. They laid a yep. beating so hard yep. on the Broncos. Yep. Yep. That I mean, and the thing is, this was the down year for Kansas City, and there was hardly any challenge within their own division. Yeah, which is crazy. Now the wild cards. Coop went Bengals. Chargers, Jets, miss, miss, Oof. miss. <laughs> three, three strikes and you're out, boy, boy. Goddamn Jets. Yeah, <laughs> damn Chargers too. Oh, uh, hey, Brandon. hey, you got, you got John now though. 
he, they might be a good pull for next year, though. No, we're, no, we'll we'll do we'll talk about that in, uh, in the next show. But <laughs> um, I'll, I'm going to come into it with just as much uh, cynicism as I did uh, when we did our preseason show. Uh, I think I've actually gone on record before the season even starts. I've gone on record, and I'll go on record here saying the Jets are going to have an implosion of a season, and the end of the season is going to be another disaster losing season. And they're going to blow up the entire front office. But they'd have to if they implode again. Yeah. They'd have to blow up the whole, yeah. like the whole thing. Well, yeah. There's, there's a lot of Robert Sala talk right now. Again, you know, yeah. over the whole. Jeez. Yeah, you know about basically someone leaked out the whole story about Zach Wilson not wanting to play, and Sala's yeah. not was threatening yeah. to like take their well, cell phones and smash them or something like that. Yeah. I mean, the thing about the Jets, and not to you know harp on your on your team oh, there, by all means, John. Maybe it'll maybe like, it'll motivate it, them to play yeah. harder. It's like look at the Browns, right? Like it's it's legal oh, to lose your quarterback and still try to win. Like oh. you, it's okay to do that. And who, the, and who do the Browns win with? Yeah, yeah. Well, the guy that gets it, the, the guy that Jets kicked to the curb. He Gone. sat on the couch. Everyone said he's done. They brought him off the couch and he took him into the playoffs. Because I mean, it's similar. It's sort of, the reason I say the Browns is it's sort of a similar comparison because the Jets are supposed to have this great defense, and all you needed yep. was a quarterback on offense. Yeah, and they lose Rodgers, and it's like the whole thing implodes. It's like, yep. yeah, but Rodgers didn't play defense. Like I mean, like you, you can still. Uh, it's, they did. Yeah, the problem is their their plan B was was basically nothing. Yeah, and listen, and we'll talk more about it as we if we talk talk about the matchups for the Super Bowl. But uh, the defense played a top top five defense in terms of points allowed and yards allowed for the season, and in the in the defense put the Jets into a number of games they had no business being in. I mean, they no. you know really to lead the season with beating the Bills, who were the division title winners, and the Jets laid a beat on them, they and they won. A competent quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah. Ravens, Ravens is a win. Jets and Chargers were a loss. Yes. Dave, 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 you I, you got two out of three. I got I I said the Ravens. I did not. I mean, I had them as a wild card, so I missed how good they were going to be. Jets. Everybody was drinking the John Kool Aid. I don't know if it's going to be nice we to all are. the show or what, but yeah, I was the Jets and Steelers. Um, I picked the Steelers just just because of the coach. It's the sole reason. Yeah. I mean, you listen, know, okay. um, you know that that division almost set uh, almost set a new record where they 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 were really very very close to all four teams making the playoffs, which has never happened in. Uh, no. I don't think it's ever happened in, in NFL playoff history. They were very close. Yep. Um, yep. They need a quarterback though. The Steelers boy. Whew. Well, I don't but, know what uh, they're going to do. For, it's going to be very interesting it's because of Mason Rudolph. I don't think they're going to resign Mason Rudolph. I don't, I don't think know so. They're gonna do. So I think they and then this is not a good year for quarterbacks, by the way, out there. No, no. So they so, have to. Yeah, they got they got a big problem there right now. So we all totally missed the uh, the Texans yeah. and the Browns. It looks like, yeah, yeah, the yeah, Browns and the AFC. Not no. too bad. Well, I mean, the Bengals were the, the Bengals and Chargers. <laughs> at least with some of our, you know, Dave, you didn't buy in on that Chargers bandwagon. So good for you. Out to a. It's it, even with it's it's gonna be this the you know, it's it's gonna be the same story every time that, yep. that franchise man. Anyway, but now they have uh, they signed Harbaugh, didn't they, as the coach? 
Yeah, yeah they but did, I, but I don't know. It's still I give it. I give it. To, I give it two years. He's not gonna. He's that ownership and him are gonna clash. It's still hard to trust them because they've had, you know, how many amazing quarterbacks yeah. have they had, and and it's never really anyway. But they, they, I'll just say, they finally have a a a. They haven't had a coach like this since maybe Bobby Ross. Yeah, I, I was mean, gonna say, um, Marting or um, Marty Marty Schottenheimer Marty, too. Yeah. Marty Schottenheimer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean I North Turner, Anthony Lynn. Yeah. 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 They should. Yeah, they yeah, I mean, that's yeah. you know, it's twenty years now. We're talking twenty yeah. years. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Let's see our NFC brilliance here. Oh, well, look at the East. John kind of takes the East here. Mm. Yeah. But oh, again, yeah, again, Coop, yeah. again, we're we're talking, you know, this was the division that was decided by a razor thin margin. The Eagles Close. had a commanding, commanding lead yep. of the and NFC and East, just, and they just kind of fell apart in the last few weeks apart. of the season. Which is just bizarre. They just couldn't. Um, they completely restructured the uh, coaching staff, too. Oh, uh, yeah. Anytime you're putting Matt Patricia in charge of anything, you got problems. Um, he's not a he's not a good he's not a good coach. He's not I a agree. good coach. I agree. You never want the press release to say you know in promoting Matt Matt Patricia's like yeah. uh oh yeah. Um, so Coop and I picked the Eagles for the East. John had the Cowboys. Yeah, and, good job. You know, good. He was yeah. He had the knowledge. Yeah. Uh, now his knowledge eluded him in the NFC oh. North. I did. I didn't believe. I wasn't a believer, and uh, boy, did I miss that pick. Coop and I were believers. Picked yeah. the Lions. John had the Vikings, which would have been a terrible pick. Yeah. Maybe if their quarterback. But once again, like your quarterback can get hurt, and you're still allowed to win. Like I, th- I think the problem is sort of similar with the Jets. It's kind of like they had an offense that only Kirk Cousins could run. If you didn't have him, yep. you were sort of screwed. Yeah. Yep. The Vikings won a lot of that's the yeah, problem. Yeah, and the Vikings won a lot of close games last year. Like if yeah, you look yeah. at those games that they won, they, they they were on the right side of the ball in a lot of like one possession decision games. Yeah. So, well, they, yeah. Yeah. And their defense was so bad that Flores to try and cover it up, like blitzed like seventy percent of the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And that's uh yeah. When it works, it's great, but man, you're rolling the dice, man. Yeah. Dan, Dan Campbell, man, you know, you gotta, he, he, he made a believer out of all of us. I think by the end of the season, I think everyone's on the, uh, everyone's on the lion's bandwagon now. Um, it's a, it's a Cinderella story. And, uh, I think we're all going to be pretty excited to see what they can pull out for 2024. He's changed the culture and you know what? He came in and had to clean up Matt Patricia's mess. Remember that? Yes. Oh God. So yeah, he does too. Yeah. He, uh, and from what I heard, the, what is it? The granddaughter of William Clay Ford's now running the team. And a lot of people are saying a lot of good things about her as an owner. Uh, she's one of the better owners and she really is much more f- focused on the long-term success of the franchise. So I think that's a good sign. I wouldn't take Dan Campbell's play calling in the, in the, in the, in the as, as an indicator of him. Do I think he had a bad game? I'm not going to lie to you, but, but uh, he had a great first half. Not so great a second half. Yeah, yeah, you got to have four quarters, baby. You got to have Matt, four quarters. Matt Lafleur has lost to the Niners three times in the playoffs. He, like, Dan yeah. Campbell's only lost once, so it's a tough. It's a tough <laughs> team to play in the playoffs. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, uh, I, I think we've got the NFC South picks recorded yeah, incorrectly I think I, here. Yeah, I think I copied and pasted. And didn't I know well, mine was I the had, Falcons? I know mine was the Falcons. I had the Falcons. I yeah, the we Falcons had the Falcons, so we all missed this one. We all missed. John had the Saints. Yeah. Well, you know, again, uh, not a bad, razor thin. Not a bad one. Could, 
the the Saints did have the division lead until the uh is really the last game I think where the Bucks the Bucks knocked the Saints out at the at that final game. I mean yeah. I have to be I mean I did not see Tampa Bay and Baker doing any they totally surprised me. That yeah. must Let me tell you that got that got the offensive coordinator the Panthers job here. The job yeah. he did with I Baker. Mean, yeah. That's that to me was pretty surprising like yeah. how well he played to be honest. Got to let Baker bake. Hey yep. man, he got it done. Yep. Um I think what I saw about it was what really helped him what I was seeing was that he had a lot of quick releases. It was a lot of like yes, quick step backs and then like gone. Like they didn't yep. have him because of their line and stuff. He didn't have to hold the ball for too long. Um, which really yeah, I mean, what a concept is that if you have a shaky line, maybe you got to have a guy who can get the ball out quick. Maybe, maybe some coaches from some other teams and <clears throat> Jets can uh, Jets. take some, uh, take some, <laughs> taste, take some notes. Yep, absolutely. Uh, but no, I that that was. I think I would have to say like what Tampa Bay did, and then beating the Eagles. Even though the Eagles, you could say were on a downturn, but still like smoking them. Yeah, they crossed. Them and the Texans were the biggest surprise for me this year. You know, I was in Tampa the night before that game. And a lot of the Eagles fans were at my hotel. And I had never seen Eagle fans less confident in a game than that. They were not confident. I mean, different different fans, not the same group. They just weren't confident on that game. They just had a bad feeling about it. Um, You know, they just said the way. Yeah, yeah, they did. They, They weren't wrong either. Man, it's hard to believe what happened to that team. They're ten and one. They were ten and one. That's yeah, crazy. And I don't, I don't think it was. I, I, I don't think it was all the coordinators either. So I think they. Uh, I think there were just some pro. I think there were overall problems with that way that team was constructed. I think. You want to say the coordinators then, were a problem? I'm not saying they weren't, but I'm just saying I don't, oh. they weren't the they weren't the root cause either. No, but I mean, yeah, yeah. And they had the NFC West, so we all picked the 49ers, which is yep. probably one of the yeah. easiest pipe, in the world. Lead pipe yeah. block. Yeah, lead pipe block. Yeah. Um, but I do have to say about the Forty ers and we'll get to it. Kind of a little bit shaky. I mean, they're a bit bit more shaky than the beginning of the year, where they everyone saw them as unbeatable they, when they put that beating on the Cowboys. They're not going in as a dominant team for sure. No. They've you know, um, and you know, I love Wilkes, the defensive coordinator. There was some friction with him and Kyle Shanahan, the head coach, midseason. There yeah. was no. Qu- you know, that was the whole thing about uh, Wilkes moving out of the booths to the field. It seemed to work. Uh, my last message is with Steve where he's still very high on the – I mean, he he really like, – he likes Kyle Shanahan. I get that impression 100%. Um, he really has incredible respect for the ownership of that team. I, I don't think he wants to go anywhere, to be honest with you. I think he wants to stay there. But yeah, it was, rough, think, it was a rough when, middle of the year for him, no question about it. I think when Cooper and I were talking sort of – two-thirds of the way through the season, I said, you know, I don't believe the 49ers are the best team in the league right now, but consistently on offense, defense, and special teams, they're the most consistent team in the NFL. And I think that's what's taken them all the way to the big game is that they haven't made mistakes on offense. They haven't made mistakes on defense. They haven't made mistakes on special teams. And so I think you really saw that on display in the Lions game where the team is just able to consistently do the right things for four quarters and that results in a win because you're not giving up those turnovers. You're not giving up those special special teams plays. You're, you're not giving up the the big you know uh, air yeah. balls in defense, and it's got them win after win after win. Yep. Yeah, we'll talk more about that in our Super Bowl 
yeah. picks, but wild cards, you did a bit better. I have my wild cards. Again, I was drunk. I must have been when I did this. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. This is even worse going. than the AFC. John had uh, Cowboys, Lions, and Seahawks. So two of those made it. Yep. Um, go well, both both your wild cards ended up winning their divisions. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Dave, um, Dave good call here. Good call here, Dave. Cowboys, Seattle. We're all drinking the Seattle Kool Aid. It looks like for some reason. Green Bay. Uh, and Green, Green Bay. Yeah, Green Bay. And I gave him. I had the vision. Yeah. I had the vision. You saw the. You had the love for love. Yeah. I had the love for love. Well, yeah. I mean. It's not as much the love for love as it was. The rest of the, I thought the rest of the team was pretty solid and he just needed to like be serviceable. And I think mm. they could get a wild card. Yeah. Which is basically what happened. I mean he was be, he was beyond serviceable near the end, but that's basically Yep. what happened. And Coop had Giants. I don't know what are you on the payroll? Are you I had the, I I had Giants, Seattle, there. and Cowboys. So I got Cowboys. Oh, got the Cowboys. But you know Giants, I was so boy. Whew. I always talk with Carney, John Carney the other night at LFD. I think the Rams were one of the biggest. Uh, the Texans obviously were a huge surprise in the Browns. But I think the Rams were a huge surprise yeah. this year, how they played yeah. in the second half. They got into the playoffs. They made it, they, they made it, you know, they made a nice run. And I think Sean McVay did a great job at kind of pointing that team back in an upward trajectory again, considering yeah. uh, they, they gave away all those draft picks and everything. So. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of people, myself included, saw this as a throwaway year for the Rams. So I think we all did. And I think even yeah. three or four weeks ago, we saw it as, as maybe, okay, they're playing it, but they made a nice run into the playoffs. They, they, they Look, they lost to Detroit, who was a very good team. That's so, a great game, though. It was a great game. The two quarterbacks, obviously, is a connection. Um, I'm surprised you know, Stafford had anything left, to be honest. Sorry to interrupt, Cooper. I'm no, surprised not, Stafford had anything. He gave it his all for sure. You know, like he was, was 16 years. I, I believe it's yeah. his 16th yeah. year he's going into. That's crazy. He's had a great career. He's got a Super Bowl. It's great to see Jared Goff now, you know. Yep. They kind of cast yeah. him away. He got to that one oh, Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. He had his best year uh, this year. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, he didn't do too bad. Yeah. Super Bowl picks. John Bills over Eagles, man. Don't know, don't know if we'll be seeing that. Maybe next year. You, you know, I really, really thought the only team that had the ability to beat Can, because I knew Kansas City was going to be in it, and I thought the only team that to me was the matchup for Kansas City was the Bills because I feel like they're built very, very similar. They're both cold weather teams, yeah. and I had the edge to the Bills, and I thought the Bills for sure were going to make it to the big game, and uh, and it was going to be Bills Eagles. To me, that was that was a no brainer lock and a miss on both sides of the divisions. Yeah, conferences. Pardon me. And Coop had the had the flip side Eagles over Bills. Even worse, like because the Eagles didn't, <laughs> the Eagles got knocked out. And uh, you know, I said I said ah, you know, Andy Reid malaise. And I think there was some Andy Reid malaise this season. Okay. Oh yeah, I we'll do, talk about I, that, and we're going to talk mm. about that. Uh, but that was a Andy Reid doesn't blow. You know what it is? Andy Reid's not blowing those big games anymore like he did early in his career. Like that, you know, he mm. oh, two big road wins this team had this year. So oh, you can't, or, you know, two huge road wins. Yeah. Uh, and I had Eagles over KC, so I got one of the people, but I still, I don't. We were all on that. We're all high on that Eagles, <laughs> man. I don't know what was going on. Yeah. Uh, that was going on overs and unders. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm gonna John, pull man. this. I'm gonna pull up the numbers here as we're talking on the other screen. So just bear. Well, I don't want to. John's overs didn't quite make it, and that's the Jets. 
Yes, just missed that just <laughs> just the outside. Just the 49ers, outside. 49ers, you may have gotten it though. It depends I, I'll how I'll tell high you what, I got them. the 49ers, and that was um I was very confident because I think the 49ers, the over was 10 games. Yeah. Um it so that high, was, yeah. but I, I saw the 49ers and I see, you know what, they're gonna have a they're gonna have an, a 12 or 13 win season. Yeah. And uh and I was confident about that. I seemed the, really the, dominant the going. The 49ers in. were at 10 and a half. Whoo, mate, just got that that hook almost uh-huh. got you, but you made it. Yeah. The Jets, though, oh, my God. Yeah, not quite. The Jets, not quite. Now, the Lions. That, I mean, that's a hard one to you can't the, follow your logic there. Yeah. Uh, uh, I had the Lions doing it over. Yeah, the Lions were at, um, the Lions were at, uh, they got this, sorry about that, guys. What, like nine or something? Uh, nine and a half, maybe? Why why is that coming up on here? Uh Rams uh, Detroit Detroit uh, It's like the Lions aren't on here anymore. <laughs> I don't know what the, the Lions don't I want to say it was only nine and a half or ten. Um Well they yeah. would have gone over, surely, because they wouldn't have had yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, they definitely went over. Anymore. Um and KC was an under because I think Oh, there it is. Okay, nine like... and a half. Nine and a half. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I had that. I did not have KC because I think KC was at something like. Oh, right, so you didn't have KC? Yeah, again, my, my bad transposing here. I should really get spanked on that. They now. were nine, I believe. They had nine wins. Okay. Not. And they might not have had nine, but I don't think they went over because I think the over would have had would have been like. No, it would have been crazy. Yeah, that's why. I, or something. Yeah, that would have been definitely over on that one. I did not get. So I got the Lions. Coop. Definitely, you definitely would have had the over on the Ravens. Oh uh, yeah, I uh, the Ravens were at um, the Ravens were at ten and a half, so I got the over on that one. And Ooh, the steel and the steel, and I got the Steelers as well. The oh, Steelers were at uh, nice. eight and a half. So nice. I got nice. Yep. Coop. Yeah. We all blew the Browns. We all blew the Browns. Just blew that so badly. <laughs> Yeah. Now the Saints were nine and a half. So uh, John and I, uh, Dave and I, got that one right. And the Patriots uh, also, John got right with the Patriots. Yeah, and oh, I don't remember what the under was, oh, but yeah. I think the six under was like six and a half. Yeah, yeah, I was. I mean, I know my division. I was like, the Patriots are going <laughs> yeah. to have a disaster of a season. But well, we well, all were. were down on that Cleveland pick. I remember, you know, and they were nine and a half, and we were all saying under with nine and a half. Yeah, yeah not. Nah. And they yep. had this. They had this third best record. I think didn't they get eleven wins? Mm-hmm. They had like, they the third cl- best record in the league. Yeah. I think. Oh, John, though, with that Patriots knowledge. Yeah, that yep. Patriots knowledge. Nice one. Yeah, so you can't play them. You can't play your division that many times a year and not not know. <laughs> you know, I know. I was surprised. I said, "Does nah, they'll win seven games, right?" Nah. I was worried about the Saints. I was very worried about the Saints this year. Uh, so I mean, uh, they were eight. It's been they had eight or nine wins. They didn't go over nine and a half. I know that. Even after this year, that division when we pick it next year is still going to be like I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. 100%. it's the same thing year after year. It's yeah, like the, year. all the teams are basically bad. Weird. Can I just say that I'm really happy that the uh, the Jets gave the Patriots the the best possible sign off uh, for their for their season. They gave them a losing. Uh, losing final game for Bill Belichick's final game. So Bill's final game, a loss to the Jets. Uh, you Bill's can't out, take man. that away. You can't yep. take it. It's in the history <laughs> yeah. books now. Yep. 
Bill's out. Bang. Yep. You're gone. The music is stopped. No chair for you. No chair for you. Um, and no, uh, no head coaching spot. Shockingly. No. Now. Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't. I mean, yeah. I can understand why, though. I don't know who picks him. And Jerry Jones' latest comments, it sounds like he still kind of wants him, which is strange because you have a coach. (laughs) Have you heard Rex Ryan lobbying for the defensive coordinator job with Mm -hmm. the Cowboys? Mm -hmm. Do you believe that guy? Hey, look, let me say this. You said this, Dave, about Dan Quinn. How does this guy get a head coaching job? Oh, That mess is as much on the clock as on Dan Quinn. He gets promoted. Dang, failing upwards. Damn. Oh my that goodness. That is that he was responsible for that mess, Dan Quinn. Did you did anyone see the defense in that game that they lost? Terrible. Oh my goodness. I, I, I couldn't have been thrilled. He's playing it good. He's still playing in the division now as a head coach. BB I mean, is never going to be going to the Cowboys, though, for the same reason he he quit the Jets job. Is that uh, Bill Belichick has been clear that he will not play for an owner who is a hands on owner? He, you know, no, he's no. he's only going to be that's a head why, coach for that's why he, yeah. yeah. That's why the Atlanta thing fell through. I can guarantee you that. Yep. Yeah. They they got into discussions, and then Arthur Blank, who should be worrying about lines at the Home Depot, right, or something. He uh, <laughs> he's a. I guarantee when the discussion they had some great discussions, and then when it came to roles and responsibilities, I guarantee Arthur Blank, who he's got to be on the field every game, yep. you know. Got have player control. Belichick said, "You know, I'm, I don't need this." So that's exactly. But, I mean, what to his credit. Listen, Bill knows what it takes to build a winning franchise, and he knows that everyone needs to know the role. And the owner, the owner's role, is to provide money, and that's it. The owner's role yeah. is not to make player decisions, not to make coaching decisions, it's not to make uh, drafting decisions. The owner's job is to hire people to do that for him. And Bill has been consistently clear over the years that the organization needs to be structured in a way that the people who have those roles have full responsibility of that roles and are not being overridden by the by the owner, because otherwise you have a franchise like the Cowboys or like the Jets that are just, you know, perennial losers year over year. I, I only see one team maybe that Bill will go to at least by next year. And that job would have to open is Panthers? Buffalo. Oh, Buffalo. 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 He, same That'd thing. He's scary. not going to Panthers with that owner. He's not going to go deal yeah. with that. Um, no. The Giants I are, I don't think the Giants are a possibility, but he does have a relationship with the Maris. So, um, but and they aren't metal Simonas. I just don't think the Giants are going that route. I think yeah. they've made a commitment to go younger, so and they're gonna stick with that. Now, the big game itself, John, matchup. What are your thoughts? Pick a winner. Boy, oh boy. Uh first of all, let me just say <laughs> that someone kind of threw away a comment. Uh I can't remember who said it, but they said Kansas City is now the new Patriots. And yeah. I, and I couldn't agree oh. more. Uh, for so many reasons, all of them negative. Um, the uh, I didn't really have strong feelings about Kansas City until they had the game against the Jets, and I feel like the worst character of the team, of Mahomes, of uh, the fans, really came through after that game because the Jets fans were like, "Well, you know, it was a really close game. I really wish we would have won. We got some, we got some questionable calls, but the end of this, the end of the game is the end of the game." And Kansas City and the fans and Mahomes and everyone carried on for a week afterwards as if they had lost the game. And I was just like, you guys know you won that game, right? And, you know, that was the game to me that really illustrated, uh, first of all, that they they have uh, vulnerabilities, and that's why I was kind of big on the Bills. 
is that you know the Jets defense really uh, put some of those put some of those vulnerabilities front and center. Um, it was a very close game, one of the closest games Kansas City had all season. And Zach Wilson had one of his best games against the stout Kansas City defense. Um, so, you know, I think really at the end of the day, uh, that's a game that Jets could have won. I think it might have changed the trajectory of Kansas City for the year. Wouldn't have done anything for the Jets because, they, you know, they're a stink fest no matter what. Um, but uh, look, if you look at the games that Kansas City is winning, you know, there's a lot of intangibles that are on Kansas City's side. They they make the right calls at the right time from a coaching perspective. Uh, they're willing to take take the right chances at the right time. And I think you know, say what you will about uh, about Dan Campbell, but uh, Kansas, you know, Kansas City, Andy's not making crazy calls in the field. He's making bold calls when they need to make bold calls, and they're and they're succeeding. Yeah. Uh, with those bold calls, mm. um, you know. I'm going to be rooting for the 49ers. I'll be honest. I was actually in a position. Some other people in the industry who are AFC fans were also in the position where they're rooting for divisional rivals against Kansas City. That's how bad That's it's bold. gotten. Uh, which you know, you know, you got to have a bad rap when you're willing to to root for the Dolphins or the or the Bills against Kansas City. Uh, so I'm rooting against them. However. I don't think there's any way Kansas City loses this game. I've got this as a 21-17 Kansas City win, uh, and I think you know I don't think it's going to be 21-17 close all the way. I think the the Kansas City is going to have an early lead. They're going to carry a lead into the third quarter. 49ers are going to make up some ground, and then Kansas City is just going to grind them out in the last quarter to uh, to take that victory. So sort of like the Ravens game, essentially. Yeah, kind of how yeah. I think going. it'll be. Yeah. I, I think that'll be a good uh, analog for that game. Mm, I think Coop Coop's got a uh, Coop's got a dissenting opinion. No, actually, I don't believe it or not. But uh, okay, so <laughs> let me kind of go through it because I didn't write. I didn't write who I had wanting in there. Uh, All right. All right. So let me kind of just put this on the table. I cannot root against Steve Wilkes. I've gotten to know him, talk to him, interview him. He's an extraordinary guy. Um, I will root for any team this guy coaches going forward, except the cow. Maybe the cow. Maybe even if we went to the cow. I, I love this guy so much, right? And he's a cigar yeah. guy, but he's a great guy. I can't root against him, so I am rooting for the 49ers. I think the 49ers won two tough playoff games this year, two games that they could have lost. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes that's a sign of a good team when you're able to get through those games. Like, you know, win those games that you shouldn't have won, it makes you a bad team. But that being said, Kansas City's really good. And, and even though their offense isn't what they were in previous years, their defense is much better. I think Pacheco is a game breaker. He can make a, mm. a game difference in this game mm. uh, from the backfield. I love Pacheco. Um, and they have Mahomes. And guess what? I said it earlier. Andy Reid doesn't blow these games anymore. He mm. did, In the Eagles, he was famous for blowing these games in the early years with Kansas City. He has so much confidence in Mahomes right now. Um. That, you know, that it shows. So close game, more defense. I kind of am where, where John is. I have it at 24-21 for the Chiefs here. Um, mm. But this will be the end of the Kansas City run after this year. I think, okay. be some, I think that uh, whether Reed retires and Kelsey retires, um, you know, I, I don't know. And, and, oh, by the way, I'm happy that Taylor Swift is going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, let, let's – this is you – no. Know, you know, I'm, I'm going to throw this out there. 
you know, you know, if 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 this was um Justin Timberlake in the box, right? No one would be making a big statement. No. I'm just no. telling you, it was Justin Timberlake dating the owner's daughter or something. I'm just saying, and they kept going to Justin Timberlake. They wouldn't be. I'm not saying it's sexism, but come on. I mean, really, I mean, it's just he's an easy target to pick on. So, so uh, let's give her a break here. That's um, right. Yeah, exactly. But I, here's the one thing I'm really curious about: if they win, will she be at the parade? Jeez, that's, that's the one I one. wonder on the whole thing. Well, that, it would depend on with her tour, though. I guess. I, yeah, but guarantee if they if she said she come to the parade, they'll schedule that. They'll schedule that around her tour. Guarantee it. Oh, I hear what you saying. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Or do they not want the distraction? We'll see. Yeah. Uh right. Well, I I mean, what what the problem is? This is this is. This means the 49ers are going to win because I also picked Kansas City. So, you know, there's a kiss of death here. Well, it depends who Alan, <laughs> fake Alan Rubin picks because then you just go the opposite. Yeah. He's going to um, mush it. Yeah. <laughs> I just, for me, I think they have the better coach and the better quarterback. Agree. Agree on both ends. Which yeah. it's hard to pick against. Um, and I think it was sort of like with Coop, sort of like a combination of both Coop and John is the sense that I see – both of the 49ers games, the Packers and the Lions, they've gotten in these first half holes. Yeah. That due to poor play calling or poor play under pressure, the other team has allowed them back in the game um, to, to get narrow victories. Hey, hey Dave, you know what I want to right. add on to that? Steve Wilkes, who I'm a big yeah. fan of, his defense was awful in the first half of that Detroit game. I just want to put that on the table. Oh, so God. I'm a fanboy, but I recognize that as well. Go ahead. I had to say that. Yeah. So either either poor poor games or or poor play, poor calls or poor play led to them, you know the other team had to help them. And I just don't think the Chiefs will do that. Like what John said, the way they played the Ravens on the road, right? It's like they got a lead and they're like, right, we don't really need to like do big flashy things anymore, and they just shut them down. Yeah, and and they did not allow them, even though they got made it closer and they got that touchdown, they never really allowed them back in the game. And I and so if they follow suit and get in a hole, I don't see the Chiefs letting them off the hook. You know? Yeah. Uh I just don't see that. Um they're just I just think Mahomes and Reed are just too smart for that and they just won't allow it. I just don't think it'll happen. And their defense is is too good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think if you look at the Mahomes Kelsey connection, um, you know they've been hot all year. Kelsey and Mahomes have only been getting better as the season went on. I think, uh, you know, I think they can have an absolute blowout combination of, you know, I could see Kelsey having yeah. two or more touchdowns for the game. Like it, yeah, it, just, it, yeah. it's just yeah. going to be very hard to stop. And Dave, your points are spot on. If they, this is not, a, a, you know, Kyle Kane won those two games he shouldn't have won, and with bad first halves. You're not going to get away with this with with no. Patrick Mahomes and no. Andy Reid. Uh, you, you're not, and it's Spagnolo on defense. This is just an experienced team that knows how to win. Yep. You yeah. know, and the Niners haven't shown that they can win a championship yet. So keep that. Yeah, yeah I think the Niners' defense, to your point, Coop, they have the they have the skills to sort of, you know, it's not going to be. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Um, but I, but I don't think the the defense is the answer for for Mahomes. I don't think they have the answer for that passing game. I mean, I think, I think they're going to make the rushing game really really difficult. But I think at the end of the game, 
Mm. You can't, you, no one, no one has really come up with, you know, to me, it's, it's, um, it reminds me of Brady games where people keep playing these zone defenses against Mahomes and I keep yelling at the television. You need it. You need a, a man coverage sack, uh, on Mahomes. It's very similar to how the Jets used to play Brady is that if you mm. play zone, he's going to pick you apart all game. If you play man, you can get pressure sacks on the quarterback and no one seems to have figured that out with Mahomes. And I don't know why, because to me, it's it's so similar to how the the Jets came up with a scheme to beat the Patriots in 2010. Is like you just have to take away his his tools. Yeah. You get him frustrated, and if you get him frustrated through a quarter and a half to start the game, it's going to make it very difficult for him to come back. But and hello, he has shown that you oh, know he okay. sets up this mechanism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're still here. Yeah, you froze. Uh, right. And he Go sets ahead. up this mechanism of success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right, John. I just don't. I mean, my final score is twenty-seven seventeen. Yeah, um, I, I, cause we're not far I, off I, on I also, all these scores. Yeah, I just because you know, even though they came back to win these two games, the other team like let them off the hook because I don't like Purdy coming back from behind too much because then they have to get away from. If you just can shut them down, like if they're down by ten or more in that fourth quarter, like I just don't see yeah. it. Yeah, if you're if you're asking Brock to throw bombs to get you back in the game, that's no. exactly where Andy wants you because his defense is just going to start like what you're going to have happen is Brock's going to start getting picked off, and as soon as yeah. Brock gets start starts getting picked off, I mean that's when you start really falling behind in a football game. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. Let's um, see how it goes. Like I said, put all your money on San Francisco because we all pick Kansas City. Yeah. So. Uh... But it's hard, man, when you see, like, they go to the Bills, win that game, and then what they did to the Ravens, it's hard to, uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to go the, past the Ravens that. did implode a lot. Um, like I said, was Lamar Jackson the reason why they lost? No. Was Lamar Jackson a reason why they lost? He was one of several reasons why they lost. So, yeah. but I can't they played that good. receiver, man. Yeah, I don't either. The guy, yeah. the, you're down, you catch it on the 10. Like, great, let's get some momentum. You jump up, yeah. get a taunting yeah. penalty, and then f- fumble the ball two plays later, yeah. whatever it was. Oh, I, my God. I, I have a coaching request in general I want to just make. Could coaches Uh-oh. stop running down the clock in the fourth quarter when they're behind? It, it doesn't <laughs> work. It doesn't work. It backfires more times than anything. Get the points yeah. on the board and then deal. This is, yeah, this, this is Get the points on the board yeah. and then Worry about running the worry about Todd, the time. Todd later. Todd Bowles still consistently the worst clock manager of any head coach in the league. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, but some are catching up with him. Yeah, uh, so I can tell you, Sean McDermott caught up with him in these play because that was a big part of why the Bills lost. I thought he was yeah, hundred percent running he, that clock down. I'm like, what are yeah. you doing? I mean, you have to when score. The, you, yeah. you know when the um, when the commentators are saying audibly, "What are you doing right now? Why aren't you calling?" Uh, why aren't you calling your your uh, your your um, timeout? Yeah, I mean, when the commentators are screaming that, you know you're mismanaging your clock. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But now the real part of the game that everybody looks for, and that is the halftime show. The We're not going to reach the high heights of uh, Rihanna, which I watched again this week. I might watch uh, it again tonight. I'm sure you did. God, it's so good. Um. <laughs> I was texting Coop at work and I'm like, how's the halftime show? What is she singing? Yeah, yeah, I'm like <laughs> Don't tell me the score. I don't care. What right. what song is she on now? 
Yeah, I, Has she I, done Umbrella I, yet? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. But we got it, Usher, which is a which I thought Usher is a pick was sort of out of the blue. I mean, not totally, but because he's a, a very well known artist and quite popular and yeah. very good live. Um, but I was surprised because you haven't heard a lot about Usher. And then to pick Usher, but I'm very excited for this halftime show. I'm excited for Usher to see what he brings because I haven't haven't seen him in a while. And it's sort of got a new he's got a new record sort of jumping off after this. So I'm very excited. Yeah. For this one. Yeah. He's definitely using the whole uh, springboard here. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, So we're just going to go over some thoughts. And then if anybody has some songs they'd like to see. I put. So uh, what do you think, Coop? Well, my first question is: there, Is there going to be a collaboration this year? See, I and think, I think I think, I think there there's a I think there's a couple of options here with it. Um, for that, okay. I'm not necessarily doing handstands over this halftime show. But it's not because I don't like Usher, right? I kind of wanted something a little more Vegas-like with this. Uh, mm. I want a little oh, yeah, more yeah. of a, Ve- and I don't consider Usher just doesn't fit the Vegas vibe for me for whatever reason, right? So, um. It's nothing against Usher here. But that being said, my three songs do play into what I was saying. And I think the one song that, and I think this is the collaboration, if I had to make the pick, is a uh, OMG, Oh My Gosh, uh, Will I Am. Mm. I think mm. it's a great mm. song for the Super Bowl, too. I think that song, mm. it's, a, it's a kind of an electric, energetic song. Uh, and I think that one could, you bring Will I Am on, who has done a halftime show before. So they tend to sometimes bring guys back from who have done halftime shows to be a part of a halftime show. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, they, they were so I'm, I'm going to go with that. Yeah. Uh, my second one, only because it was a collaboration kind of, but it wouldn't be my first pick is uh, Love in the Club but when Young Jeezy did it. I'm not saying it's going to be Young Jeezy, by the way, but I'm just saying I could see that one maybe as the third. And then I went with a little bit of a newer song because um, I don't really know what the new, new, new Usher songs are, but I went with Scream as my third song after. I could see that one kind of being mm. part of the show. Yeah. No, those are good. I think to get to your collab point, I think they might have to. I don't know. I mean, Usher's well-known. He has a big discography, but he's not like Rihanna. I don't know if he could carry the whole thing. They they may need to bring in someone a little they more might. contemporary or, again, bring in that Vegas type. Like I just, you know, I don't know. Like, you're bringing, like, I know Elton John's kind of retired already, but I could see him, like, you bring Elton just in. I could see Elton. Well, I mean, Doing it when they had Katy Perry, she had Missy Elliott on that had like zero connection to Katy Perry, and she just True, yeah. on and did a song. Yeah, so they could just bring on anybody, really. Yeah, I remember they had uh Sting with Gwen Stefani one year, which, which, yeah, my opinion, a top three collaboration of all time at the Super Bowl. Oh, that, yeah, I wasn't seeing that, wasn't really seeing that coming either. It was, a, it, yeah. it's like really that message in a bottle was unbelievable with those two that night. Yeah, good picks, Coop. Good picks. I yeah. definitely think, yeah. I think those will. I think those will all make it probably. Yep. Um, I have a new new. So this is a track off a new record. I could just see him playing it because he's got a new record coming out, and it's a good song. It's called Good Good. It's the lead single. It's been out for a little while. I could see him throwing it in there, maybe in the middle. Uh, because I think you want to begin and you want to bookend it with stuff everybody knows. Yeah. So maybe yeah, throw it in the middle. I like his range on it. You can hype up the new record. Um. I have my other track I have is Climax, which is sort of like came out in 2012. It was sort of like his big comeback record. That was with Scream. Uh, I think Scream came out the same year yeah. or right before it, maybe. Yeah. So uh, it's it has a great bridge on it. I could see him doing it because it was it's kind of newer and it came out like it is 
kind of his big comeback. And then uh, I have my boo as my third one, which I think this this is a crowd favorite. Came out in 2004, so it's a bit older. Features Alicia Keys, so you might see an Alicia Keys. See, I, I, I would have had – you had that one already. I would have definitely Cole put that Lamb. one in. Even though I consider Alicia Keys East Coast, like New York, uh, I could see her just fitting in perfect at the Super Bowl. And she's an artist I could see giving them an opportunity, giving her an opportunity to do that. Yeah, it's the classic sexy usher. That's what you want. Yeah. yeah. I think, and John, I think, has the song that's going to open for sure. He's got a couple. Yeah, he's got some good ones. Yeah, here. I've got. So um, I was kind of thinking back to my usher days, which was kind yeah. of the late 90s, early, uh, <laughs> early 2000s for me. Um, and that's kind of the usher, the usher sound that, you know, I'm very familiar with because I was kind of hitting the club scene, newly divorced. Um, so I've got uh, You Make Me Wanna. Um, you know, it's just kind of one of those songs where the moment it comes on, you just got you got to move. Your head starts mm. bobbing. Um, I know it was absolutely got radio played to death in the, in yeah. the 2000s. But you got a good co- uh, combination of Ludacris, Little John. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe one or two, maybe both show up as a surprise guest spot on, 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 uh, you know, talking about collaborations. Yep. I could mm-hmm. see that happening. Um, I've got Yao on there kind of in the middle. Oh, yeah. um, you know, again, you know, really good club song, it, you know, huge hit for him in 2004. And then I, I kind of have my wild card as I need a girl, maybe not the right tone mm-hmm. for the Super Bowl. But you've got that connection with Diddy, you yeah. know. Could Diddy could he, show up yeah. for for that song or another song? Diddy's available. That you know, Diddy hasn't really been in in the limelight. Maybe that's the kind of yeah. thing where he's like, you know what? I'll show up for a song. Uh, there's a lot. I mean, he's done so many collaborations. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of there's a lot. I, I think you guys are right. I think the light. If there was a betting line for collaborations, bet that line because. There's definitely got to be someone coming out for for him at the show. I think, and, and I think yeah might even I think yeah might even open it. I think he might even mm. open with that. I wouldn't rule the Diddy thing out. Uh, I understand about the song, but they can always rearrange the song. They can always re- for sure. Re- yeah, they can always yeah. do some changes to the song. So I, I never would rule it out on that one. And that's a very good one for all the reasons you said. I uh, there's an ad, there's ads playing here for the for the halftime show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which are just amazing. Yeah. And it's everybody funny. singing, yeah. And then yeah. it shows Usher at the end, like a like like Usher with this all red backdrop. So he's almost a silhouette. He's wearing sunglasses. He's got a huge chain that he throws around and he's wearing leather gloves with rings over the gloves. And I'm like, that's the Usher I want, baby. Leather gloves while still wearing rings. I want yeah. all the Usher in the world. Yeah. Oh, can't wait. Um. Now, I got. I thought it would be fun to talk about what what might be our. Dream I thought this was a great. Act. I thought this was a great segment. Yeah, love it. Love yeah, this segment. So this, this could be like people have already played before, maybe guests that you'd want to see. Yep. So I'm just gonna go through mine, um, and then we'll go. So I have Dolly Parton, of course. She did Thanksgiving really well. I think it'd be. I think she could do it. Um, definitely with the rock star, you could have collabs on there. You could have Chris Stapleton up there. You could have other people do collabs. Yep. I think that'd be I, very good. I thought it would have been great down I, before. I thought it would have been great as well. Yeah. She's uh, turned it down in the past. So it would be great if she could do it. This will never happen. But Taylor Swift, 
Uh, I'm sure Eric from Cigar Dojo, Master Sensei, would be hyped for that. Um, he would love it based on what I saw in the panel show. Uh, but she's got tons of music. It would be like Rihanna. She would do it solo. I don't think there'd be any collaborations on that. No, I agree. Be, I agree. It would be massive. Maybe a Cheryl Crow peeks in there, but that's about it. Yeah. I don't think she'd do it, though. Like, she's turned it down in the past. That's true. Yeah. Um, but it's, it'd be so good. Uh, my other one, this one's been rumored for a while. Yes. But he hasn't done a Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason I did this is the hip-hop one they did with Dre, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick, 50, and Snoop. That hip-hop huge collab run did really well. Like, there's a very good response to that one. I thought it was quite a good show. And I can see the same thing with Jay-Z, because he's done collabs with so many different people that it could be like a Jay-Z Senate, but then all of a sudden you have all these other people on there. And I think a Jay-Z one would be really good and really cool. Yeah. Um, like I said, he's been rumored in the past, but he hasn't done it. Uh, and my last one, I have Missy Elliott. I think a Missy Elliott would be a cool one. She's done the guest with Katy Perry that I mentioned, but she'd be fresh off of getting her Hall of Fame. She has a ton of music to draw from. Plus, she could bring in people as well. Like, she's done collaborations with people. Um, so she could bring in people. Yeah. I think Missy Elliott would be a good one. Good energy. Um, like I said, she's guested, so I don't, I don't know if they'd have her do one. But yeah. But yeah. But those are, those are my four. My ones that were close that didn't quite get it is Harry Styles and Mariah Carey. Nice. I didn't quite at the, they, uh, they didn't quite make the list, the full list, but that's my list. Yeah, Mariah and, Carey could be a possibility down the road. I could still see if they want to go veteran. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but that's my list. Nice. I like Good John's job. list. Yeah, John's list. Hey, John, we have a duplicate. Just go with yours because I have a substitute on mine. So, oh, I was, I was so I was actually going to skip over my duplicate and then I'll I'll let you go with that one. And okay, whatever you, want, whatever you want, whatever you want. Tail on it. Okay. So I've I've kind of got a mixed bag of like you know obviously singers that have come and gone. Um, yeah. bands that have come and gone. So off the th top, I said, you know, I can't believe Tina Turner never did a halftime show because it's such an obvious choice. Like you look at, cause I was like, you know, what's the vibe you want for Super Bowl? And can you imagine, like, I know the Prince kind of is one of the legendary halftime shows, yeah. but Tina Turner, I think would have dialed that to 11. She is exactly what the Super Bowl yeah. needed. The fact that she never did one. Uh, kind of surprising. I, I looked. I had to look back. I'm like, am I missing something? I mean, she did a pregame show yeah. uh, for the 2000 Super Bowl, and the reception was. Yeah, everyone was, says like it's one of the best pregame shows that's ever been done in Super Bowl yeah. history, to to match up with a really great game. Um, so I think you know that would have been a no brainer. I've got Johnny yeah. Cash on here again. You know, I think it's just a timing thing. Uh, when Johnny was kind of you know, twilight of his career was yeah. kind of the time when the Super Bowl, you know, they really got into these musical acts. And I think uh, Johnny would have been, again, a no-brainer. You would have absolutely seen collaboration with other big uh, country music stars. It would have been, uh, especially if it was, you know, Super Bowls in Nashville or something like that, it would have mm. been next level. Uh, and then I've, I've also got um, sort of my, my, my third and fourth pick, I've got Metallica. Metallica... 
oh, that'd out of be the good. limelight right now. Um, you know, they've they've gone from the sort of outsider metal group to kind of being a mainstream metal group. Yep. Uh, it's the right energy now for a halftime show. Uh, you know, being bringing big energy. I think the crowd would really get pumped up for that. I think their music is kind of appropriate now for what the NFL is looking for. Uh, I could see that being a big, big halftime show. And oh, then yeah. the last one, again, it's kind of a, um, you know, pie in the sky thing, but, but Elton, Elton would have been I a wanted, really good I, pick. I was pulling for Elton actually to get yeah. it, uh, because he could deliver a lot of energy with, with a halftime show. So, mm. so I read, uh, there's a really interesting interview with Elton that I was reading and Elton said that they had actually approached him at one point and they looked at the logistics and Elton said, you know, the biggest challenge oh. is that the, the, the backtracking and the instruments that they do mm. are pre-recorded. And he said, that's it's not how we do a show. And he's obviously done a lot of live shows. Most of his shows are live. He said, we, you know, we just couldn't find a way to make that work with the way that the backtracking and, and instrumentals are done. It's just not, it's just not something we can do. Uh, then I've kind of got some left field picks kind of like Dave just, I mean, this will never happen, but I don't know if you guys have heard of the, the who they're a Mongolian throat singers. Um, it, it sounds weird, but you gotta, I gotta listen. Music I have it. I gotta listen to this now. It's 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 weird, but like you start listening to it, and you're like, you know what? This is really. It's kind of like a heavy metal Mongolian throat singing thing. I'm like, this would be a very different direction for the NFL, but I think it would really turn a lot of heads. How and do you spell I've the got, band you again? Know, it's called the Who. H U. Okay. They're all over Instagram. They're all over YouTube. They've been doing it for a long time. They've been, they've been doing the, the, uh, the circuits. Um, you know, it's not their first year. Uh, check them out. Very cool. Very unusual sound. Uh, and then sort of along that line, I've got, you know, look, uh, Super Bowl has been out for a long time. They've been music, musical acts for a long time. I think it's time to get some, some first nations people up there. I've got the Haluchi mm. nation, which is actually a Canadian group. It's mm. kind of a le rock electronica, um, really cool kind of mixture of traditional uh, First Nations music, but with an electronic vibe to it. It's got a really cool sound. And then, uh, you know, because the NFL, probably, that might be a little too out there for the NFL. <laughs> I've got the Blackfoot, which is kind of a Southern rock band First Nations sound. And it's it's kind of cool. It's a really cool sound. I think it would play really well at the uh, at the Super Bowl halftime. I think good picks. Good picks. Oh yeah, Metallica. I, I, I like totally that. See. Like doing a montage, maybe those left field picks would be interesting. Mm. I think the the hallucinations because the two with them. I mean, some of their tracks have had a lot of commercial success because they've been on ads and TV shows and right. stuff. Yeah, so people yep. would know them. I mean, I could see them being part of a larger thing. That's what I would see too. Like, I don't think uh, it's. I, I don't think it's. Yeah. I think they've had a couple tracks on the new. Um, because uh, we're just watching the new uh, Disney jaunt the the uh, uh echo which yeah. is I believe they've got a track on the second episode and there's actually been some some other first nations bands that have been featured and uh you know i think it's probably going to bring a lot of attention to first nations music that hasn't really been uh hasn't really been there but i mean some of these bands have been doing it for 15 20 years it's not like it, Again, it's yeah. not their first year. These bands have been around for a long time. Hallucinations is so good. So good. You, you guys can hear me, right? Okay. I had an yeah, internet, sure. 
I had the internet cut out for a second here, but I, I, you guys oh, went, my other uh -oh. computer showed on, uh -oh. you guys were fine. You guys were fine. Okay. Uh, keeping keeping the trend alive of our uh, jukebox show with some technical difficulties. Right, right, right. Exactly. There never wouldn't be one without it, right? What are your What are your picks here, Coop? Uh, so you had I, Elton was the double up. I'm guessing. Yeah. Before I actually thought of another one. You know, John's left peel picks. What do we, John Batista, have him do World War Radio next year? It would be yeah, great. John Batista would be great. Yeah, yeah. But I have okay. So I have a few picks. Okay. So my first two, I'm going to say I blame the Who. For them not getting the opportunity to get it because the who did that disastrous halftime show and it was the end of the yep. older acts after that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this my first one. He should have been at MetLife Stadium. Uh, it's the house he built. Uh, no brainer. It's Bruce Springsteen. Could no you brainer. picture the energy? I think he could still even do it today, to be honest with you. And I think the NFL will be more worried about him upstaging the game. In a lot of ways. Where's where's the 2025? Isn't the 2025 Super Bowl in New York? No. Um, I thought they had one upcoming in New York. They may have another one coming up in New York, but I thought the 2025 Super Bowl is in New Orleans. New Orleans, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, I don't know what the 2026 Super Bowl is yet. Um, uh, oh, it's Levi Stadium for, for 2026. 2027 um, is not out yet. So they, I think they're going to okay. put another one in New York. I think they're going to do it again. I mean, that's the perfect spot for a Springsteen. Yeah. Like you said. No brainer. He should have been there. No brainer. Um, and if he wasn't there, then it should have been Billy Joel. Yeah. Um, because again, though, uh, Billy Joel, like I said, I consider him more on the other side of the river. But nonetheless, it was the New York area. Uh, he, he could absolutely... Uh, you know, get him next year, and then maybe you know he kind of does this comeback. Um, with all look, with all due respect, though, Bruno Mars, that Super Bowl in New York was incredible. Yeah. So I am not taking anything away from Bruno Mars what he did. Uh, I just wish he, they would have maybe put Bruno on another Super Bowl instead. So, um, but yeah, I blame the Who, blame the Who for that. That was a, that was an <laughs> awful. That was the worst one of the worst Super Bowl performances ever. Way to screw it up for everybody. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Pete Townsend and Roger Dolter. You're better than that, guys. You guys, <laughs> you guys are better than that. that. You could have. They gave us those same tired songs again. It was just like, yeah. And I love the Who. Now, John and I had this one, and 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 John kind of deferred it to me, but I want to give John his thing. I had Queen, and I think it would have happened had Freddie not died. I think yep. it would have yeah. happened because yeah, the Super Bowl. Like music really started in the early '90s, right? And this yeah. is right around the time he passed. But you know, I think the idea I would have in my head is, hey, recreate Live Aid again. We we yeah. try to recreate that Live Aid performance in 20 minutes with six songs. I think he could have did it. So the Queen was my one of my fantasy picks. John, I don't know if you have anything to add on that. Yeah, listen. Um, if you look at sort of the uh, the songs that are being used in sports, whether it's football, basketball, hockey, yep. Queen is kind of quintessentially become a sports band. Like they have multiple songs that are used repeatedly. So you know, like Coop was saying, uh, if he wouldn't have passed away, that could have been one of the biggest rock shows ever, and it would have been you know be one we'd be talking about today where. You know, they put on, like Coop said, put on this collaboration, Live Aid, multiple uh, musicians and artists, and and it wouldn't have been topped. It would have been, you know, it would have been up there as the pinnacle along with uh, Prince as being one of the best halftime shows that you could never recreate because it's just so much live energy. And I think that, you know, to Coop's point, I think that that's, the acts have been good, 
but it's really tough to get that live act energy. And I think that's what the Super Bowl needs. They need that that over the top live performance energy. And, and yeah. there's not a lot of artists out there that have that vibe to them. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some guys, for example, like um, Robbie Williams, but he's not going to play in the U.S. I mean, Robbie Williams mm-hmm. can put on an unbelievable, but he's not a U.S. guy. Lenny Kravitz maybe is another guy I could think of that can do that, but I just don't know if Lenny Kravitz is big enough for a Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah. Um, I did I like have your fourth pick. I like your fourth pick. <laughs> the fourth or fifth? I added a. I added a fifth. You're four. You're number four. Okay, so yeah, my number four was the substitute for John because I knew he had a double. Um, this there was talk about this band doing Vegas. Uh, the Vegas, the 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 mayor of Vegas wanted this band. Uh, ACDC. Oh yeah. Now I would have rather have ACDC with Malcolm Young still alive. Don't get me wrong. Yes. But, but again, in a stadium type setting with a rock band. Yeah. Uh, you, you start doing Thunderstruck. You know. Oh, the, the, the whole, forget about it. The yeah. whole stadium would be exploding. Yeah. Uh, you know, you you do that so. Uh, you know, dirty deeds. It, w- it would be. I, I, I think the windows pass for them. Unfortunately, I do. Uh, I don't think we're gonna see it, but ever. And I, I, I do, this would have been the year to do it. I say. Uh, but you know, ACDC certainly uh is capable of, of running a uh, a halftime show. I didn't like their last album, by the way. Just as a side note, I thought it was a little over. <laughs> um, and then I had this fifth one, but I'm moving him to a pre, a pre. I think he's much better at the pre-show. Shaggy, I think Shaggy would be yeah. a pre-show act. Uh, mm-hmm. that's a personal pick. Um, so I'm going with Shaggy, but I think Shaggy could do like a, a the opening, you know, the pre-game. I think he'd be much better for it. So that's my pre yeah. pick as far as that goes. And then, like I said, the, the other one I was going to add is John Batiste, which I do think we're going to see him do a halftime show uh, in the next few years. I do think he's he's going to be that guy. Nice, good picks. Yeah. Mm. Strong picks. We'll see. I think it's good, good stuff. Yeah. Um, so uh, no, I, th- I think it's gonna be a, a good weekend for the NFL and everything. Um, it's it's, a, it's been a good season, I thought. Um, and uh, like I said, it, we have a pretty good Super Bowl. I think it's a pretty close Super Bowl matchup. So uh, I don't think yeah. you know. I think a, I think a lot of people. Have it's gonna be a good game. Up. Yep. Yeah, very interesting. Mm. How are people's cigars going? What's the cigar? The cigar. Mine. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm smoking pretty slow, actually. Um, SBC is quite good. It's a bit stronger than I thought. Uh, it's got some good sort of like malted notes to it. It's got a good kick. No, it's good. There's no good uh, no minerality in there that you can detect. I'm getting it now. <laughs> I'm getting some now. <laughs> but no, I like it. Um, I mean, I would probably reach for the War Bear and stuff before this but it's still a good cigar though morphine's good i I mean i've been puffing on this thing like crazy because i just can't i can't stop uh definitely you know it's just it's a full-bodied cigar as a lot of the black label stuff can be um but it's good i mean it's just you know this is one of those special cigars that uh in this size just does something something unique and you know coops coop mentions it you know, there's certainly more Lancero misses than hits, but man, oh man, when you hit with a Lancero. That made my list, that Lancero. The Morphine Lancero yeah. has been on a coupe list before. It's a, yeah. it's a great cigar. Special size. Yeah, I think it made it in 2020 on my list. Yeah, great cigar. I agree with you on that. When that one hits, that one hits, and that's one of his better Lanceros. I guess I'm up. How's, you? The foot- How's, How's your cigar? Oh, uh, wow, this is fantastic, this cigar. Uh, these age really well as Dave... Has had a few of these. 
Uh, this is the 2023. It's got coffee and cream notes. It's got some of these hay notes uh, in there. There's some pepper that kind of comes in on the back end. But what's surprising me, and I always forget, this last third is strong. There's, there's, Mm. a, there's a nicotine kick at the end of this one. And man, oh man, oh man, does it kick in? And uh, so, uh, but but I gotta say this: I think this the 2023 is definitely in the top two or three of the football releases, uh, for mm. sure. Right? Yeah, yeah. This is this age. Yeah, I uh, this is it. I don't have any more of these. So, oh, gone, done. Great yeah. cigar, though. It is. One, yeah. It is a great cigar. You know, I hope they kind of re re-release some of the sizes they've done. You know, I think it, they have a lot. They always come out with a different size, but. They tweak it. They'll tweak it a bit. So the blend, mm. I think, is pretty much a constant blend that they have. I'd I'd love to see a you know free idea out there, John. Uh, four four or five pack sampler of sizes that have done been done in the past mm. would be really cool. Yeah, I love those samplers. I do too. Uh, you know, remember the one they had the the this year's has the uneven foot, so it has the angled yes. foot this year. Oh, okay. uh, I smoked it on Tuesday night, and I showed David. It's a yeah, it's a, that's a. That's a good one. Oh, Dave, there's a package coming your way if I didn't tell you. Ooh. But the football cigar didn't make it because it was said before then. So, oh, uh, yeah. Package cigar. Uh, new music, Coop. Here we go. Yeah, new music, of course, always brought to you by our friends at Cigar Hustler, located in Deltona, Florida. Great store. Um, you know, it's a complete package. I like to say that store. They got uh, an incredible humidor. Uh, whether you want boutiques or tried and true brands, uh, they're in there. Uh, great lounge, great customer service. Um, just a great atmosphere to smoke there. I kind of miss that I haven't, I wasn't able to get there on my last trip. I do feel bad about that, but it was a timing issue more than anything. Uh, but, I, but if you, of course, you can't get to Deltona, Florida, uh, go to scarhustler.com, get on that email list uh, because you will find out about all the new releases uh, on that email, like the SBC 22. Um, and of course, uh, check them on social media because sometimes they drop some some launches on social media even earlier. So you want to get them when those emails or social media things come out for the limiteds, jump on them. If you're an LCA fan, they carry LCA stuff. So, uh, of course, they have the Postani brand, which we just talked about. Mm. Uh, Postani Connecticut landed on a lot of lists this year. Um, did Postani land in the developing palettes list or no? Oh, you're on mute, my friend. John's on mute. John's on mute. He's Sorry muted himself. Yeah. Rookie move. Rookie move. Uh, no, um, it did very well on my personal list, but uh, didn't quite hit for the other guys. I'm actually try and call and do a surprise call in to the uh, live taping of the Hustler show to see if I can kind of preempt because I know I know there's going to be a call coming at some point. To, oh, to, to they call are afraid me on that. They, they are afraid. So we'll talk about their podcast. The the Hustler guys have the A Cigar Hustlers podcast. It's probably the most eclectic podcast out there. There's nothing like it. They're afraid to call me for that podcast. I I said call Ooh. me. I want to be called on. <laughs> I want the surprise call from them. I want the surprise. I'm ready. I'm ready to go at any time. So, uh, nice. but no, I think you should. Yeah, I think it'll be cool because they usually record on Monday, right? Yes. Yeah, so, I have yeah. the timing uh, in my calendar. I think I think this Monday I'm going to try and do a surprise call in. Uh, so you know they won't have any warning because uh, this airs after that. Um, but like I said, yeah. I, I, I'm yes. surprised they haven't gotten the call yet because I know they've seen the list. I know there's going to be questions about why it didn't show and, and you know why the SBC uh, wasn't reviewed, which is going to be a 2024 cycle thing. Uh, but I, you know, I, I thought the Bastogne, Connecticut was really good. I've told uh, Mike that. I uh, told him at the show. I'm like, this is, you know, I thought it was a really good representation, but for whatever reason, 
there's four guys. If one guy likes it and three guys aren't high on it, it doesn't make it, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, Dave, mm. I know liked it from day one. I wasn't as high Love on it, it, but it wasn't a bad cigar. But, however, I haven't put it through the review cycle, and it's eligible for this year. So, as far as I'm concerned, it's a clean slate when I go into it. Because most of those I smoked were either trade shows or pro sabors or things like that. Not the best places to have a cigar. So, um, I definitely, uh, but like I said, I will, I want, I've been wanting them to call me. I've been, I've been, I, I have, I'm prepared for those guys. That, oh, that, that's the difference. I've seen guys not prepared for those calls a few times. I know John will be pre- prepared and I'll be prepared for it. Oh yeah. So, wow. Um, but they're afraid to call me. I know they're afraid to call me. <laughs> so, well, now you've, now you've built it into existence. Well, we'll see call if they really out. listen to the show. That's call the them thing. out. Like, yeah, yeah, um, they, they, you know, let's see if they really listen to the show. <laughs> okay. No, I'd love to call. I'd love to be a surprise calling on that. If I can't take the call, I can't a, take the call. They probably have an algorithm that just like highlights what at what times of the show we mentioned Cigar Hustler. And right, right, right. Yeah, I'm sure they figured. Chat, yeah. Chat GPT scraping it to, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, tell us what time Cigar Hustler, uh, <laughs> you know. And, um, and look, there was a little, we had a little bit, I'm going to mention something online. You know, because I did remind them that they were a sponsor, and they said, "Hey, well, you know, they were very transparent. We don't, we don't pay for that sponsorship, and and that's correct. But there's a lot of value in what they've done for us as a sponsor for what Dave, Dave done. And I think they after the joking around, they understood that um, there is a lot of value because Dave has a lot of trouble getting cigars, so I they make it easy. Have a lot of Dave. trouble. There's inherent value of that uh, for what we do here, and and all kidding aside, I think they know we really appreciate them. So uh, yeah, it's all good. A lot of love, yeah. a lot of a lot love for the, the team yeah. over there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so the hustle. Man. I may put so, this, you uh, know, maybe I'll put this clip out after they do the show. <laughs> yeah, that's what you said. Because yeah. I, I, I think I'm going to remind them about the the, the segments and a few things. Yeah. Um, we got some new music. We got side A. We got Justin Timberlake. We got a, we got people coming back. Justin Timberlake's coming back for the first time in a in while. Yeah. Four or five years, maybe more than that. Seven, maybe. So we got Justin Timberlake with Selfish. This is lead single off of everything I thought it was. Um, this is sort of classic JT pop R&B ballad fair. Like it's something you'd expect. It's got a good groove to it. Um, nothing too flashy, but I am excited to hear the rest of the record. It didn't blow me away, but it is a solid Justin Timberlake song. That's kind of back to his, his I guess, what, what originally got him on the map. Um, so check that out. If you're a JT fan, you'll probably love it. Yep. This is the one that's going to, you know, cause it's going to be the fire here, John. And that is Billy Joel's turn the lights back on, which is the first, uh, studio track from him in what? 17 years. Yeah. About that. Yeah. He did. He, he, he really 93 was when he did his last pop Christmas album. But he did, wow. Yeah. But he did that Christmas thing and one yeah. other song. So, this yeah it's still a long time uh i loved it and found it a great sort of comeback track about regret um and trying to make things right in in the relationship he's talking about in the song uh i thought it was classic joel and i loved it loved it and then coop Coop? what are your thoughts on it okay (laughs) (laughs) get ready I thought it was a, a, an admirable song, but I kind of came out as I waited this long for him to turn the lights back on. And this is what I got. Right. It wasn't, uh, yeah. Yeah. OK. So 
first of all, I thought it was a lazy effort, okay? And the reason why I thought it was a lazy effort is it reminded me of another Billy Joel song, and so it goes. It, to me, it just it, it almost had that yeah. same, not that it was the same lyrically or music, but it just had that vibe with it, right? And I don't know, you know, I, I started going down, this is what I do when I see a song come out from an artist. I look at my top five from the artist. I look at my top 10 from the artist. I look at my top 25 from the artist. I look at my top 50. This did not crack the top 50. In my opinion. No, it didn't. Would you, would you, I think people, and let me say this, Dave, this is a Dave song. Okay. This song plays song. to Dave. That's no, it does. Okay. Um, but it didn't play to me. I liked Billy Joel, the innovator. Um, whether it was, you know, wait, we didn't start the fire. Um, even right. that final track, famous lad's words, when he says, these are the last words I have to say, I, I don't know this, this to me, it was a miss. I think people were more excited about hearing from Billy Joel again. Mm. And I don't know why the song will go in his all time thing. I also kind of thought of the Rolling Stones this year oh. and angry comes out. Now, ang- I wasn't. A, I, I had the same reaction to Angry. Lazy song, could have done better. I didn't think it was a bad song. You, you thought it was terrible, right? But it was the weakest song on Hackney Diamonds. When you listen to the rest of Hackney Diamonds, that's an amazing album. So I still want to see Billy Joel come out with more music. And I, I have no doubt that he is planning a comeback because mm. the title of this song, the fact that they're playing up the words. Now he's doing the Grammys, which were last night. He's doing, gonna, yeah. Yeah, we don't. By the way, Grammys were last night. So, am I going to watch that Grammy performance? Absolutely, to see what happens with that. Um, no doubt he's going to play this song, and he's probably going to just get everyone in in the, in the uh, auditorium standing and crying with it. I can tell you that right now. Um, but we'll see. I think I think there is a plan for him to come back. Maybe it's an EP or something. But we'll see. So I don't think this. The, the other thing to hint why he may come back is the. The residency in Madison Square Garden is coming to an end this summer. So he's been playing the shows every month there for a few years. That's coming to an end. So I could see him possibly doing some other things right now. And a new album could be certainly the case with that. I To, to, to tell you how opposite we are here, John, um, I, I texted me his thoughts. And he was like, lazy effort. And like... <laughs> the the, the, la- the first sentence in the last paragraph on my review is like, what I appreciate about this song is it's not a lazy effort. <laughs> all good, man. That's what we have to be on. It's all good. We keep it all. Uh, we keep it honest, you know. Um, and that's why we're a good team. We can we can respect each other's views. Uh, There's nothing personal. Um, uh. I actually waited to read Dave's review. I, I saw the review out there before I heard it, um, and I waited. So, uh, and, and and then I messaged him before I read the review. Um, no, the review wasn't out when I messaged you. I don't think the review was out when I messaged because you 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 put that in there. So my mistake. It wasn't uh, out there. Um, but um, I do like now. We were critical on Rolling Stones packaging. You got to admit that that Columbia House, that old old awesome. school, was great on that. But yeah, he's definitely going to do an LP or something. He's playing at the Grammys. So, yeah. would you say this? Something. So, you mentioned three songs, Dave: Piano Man, Vienna, yep. and Scenes from Italian yep. Restaurant. And now, turn back the lights on. Rate them from yep. one to four. Oh well, it's, I mean, four, four is the, this. Turn the lights back on. Uh, that's what I'm saying. It's not close to those other three. It's my point. No, no. Uh, uh, but I, yeah, yeah. That's cranky. Uh, you, 
the one thing you did right, Dave, that I do agree with you on, uh, and I agreed on, you know, maybe it wasn't my sound, but you wrote a part that, that really did hit with me when you said this is a hardworking, no frills, honest song. And I do believe that mm. that was a great analysis, by the way, that you did with that. I think I think where it comes down and maybe John, this like be with you with bands you're really into. It's sort of like I'm a casual Billy Joel fan. Oh. So when I heard this, I'm like, yeah, this is the Billy Joel I want. This is the sort of what I associate with Billy Joel, where Coop is like hard, more hardcore into him. So maybe Coop's like, well, I've heard all this before. I want something different. So I Miami think it too, might yeah. be yeah. our levels of fandom are different, which might be why it hit different as well. And I and love I, songs about regret. So No, and I think, like I said, And So It Goes was also a yeah. uh, a very good song about regret Um, is where I'm kind of going with. It's kind of like the only thing that kind of, I think, played with this a bit was the idea, you know, obviously he played into the whole comeback thing, you know. So, yeah. uh, you know, um, well, the, I, mean, you know, the, I mean, the, the title of the song, the title of the song, yeah. which follows up famous last words when he says, these are the last words I have to say. But, you know, I go yeah. back to famous. This is where I go back to famous last words. He that song was a lyrical genius. He, he describes the end of his career like Avalon, which is a short a, a town on the Jersey Shore shutting down for the summer. It's just yeah. that this was some very I think you're right. Heartfelt, personal lyrics. I think it was good. But it wasn't the brilliance that I've seen with some of the other you ones. Wanted, yeah. I, yeah. So um, and, uh, you know, so like I said, it's not it's certainly not a uh, a bad song uh, by any means. Um, it's not like I said, it wasn't like like I would say this is better than than angry was. So, uh, well, yeah, yeah. Um, you you're Pet Shop Boys. Loneliness. Oh, my goodness. The Pet Shop Boys are back. Um Loneliness is one of the tracks from uh, Nonetheless, which is going to be the uh, the new Pet Shop Boys album. There's four tracks on there. Um, listen to the full. Don't listen to the radio edit version of this song. Uh, yeah. On listen to the full version. It is classic Pet Shop Boys European dance dance club vibe to it. I love it. Um, it's it, it's a uh, I um it, I'm a look. Is this a top 20 Pet Shop Boy song? No, I'm going to be no. honest with you. It, but it was a little better in relation to the Billy Joel song, in my opinion. Um, so am I excited? I'll be honest. I'm probably more excited there was new music from the Pet Shop Boys on this song. But but I liked it. I know you were you liked Lost Room better. I liked Lost Room better. It's, it's, a, it's a different track. Release, it's a different style track yeah. than Lost Room, yeah. But yeah, it's solid, solid track. I it is. Back it's a uh, dance club vibe. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. Uh, but it's a, it's you know, it's kind of funny because if you look at loneliness and lost room, those are like kind of the two. Mm. It's hard to explain the difference, but lost lost room has a little more of an introspective view of mm. things, if it makes sense. Mm. And that's kind of how the pet shop. That's a big part of what the pet shop boys do. You know what, John? Song about trauma and regret. So I love it. Yep. Exactly. That's exactly. You that's, make a song if you put trauma and regret from. in it. I, I hope I it. hope Lost Room is on this album. I'd like to see it part of the collection, actually, but I, I don't know. But it was part of that EP. My album archaeology homework, since we were talking JT, I went back to Future Sex and Love Sounds that had uh, that propelled in the superstar. It's got Sexy back on it, which is a great track. So if you're looking for a bit of old school JT, skip the previous album. Go back to, to that one, I yeah. would say. Previous album did nothing for me. Zero. Oh, really? Oh, nothing. So I'll be interested to see what this new one does. Um, 
but we will we will see. And that's yeah. it. That's it for the new music. Ooh, lots that's of it. fire in that segment. Yeah, that was uh That was good. That was good. It was good. We're excited. Um so no, I mean John, first thanks for taking the time as always. Yeah. We do. Uh, like I said, I, I I appreciate that. Despite my musical knowledge and musical IQ, you guys keep bringing me back. It's always great discussions, great topics. Uh, you know, Dave gives me homework, and I appreciate the musical <laughs> homework to uh, increase my musical education. It's it's good. Yeah, Dave's preparation is really good. Uh, it it helps. Uh, it's like Dave's a little more focused on the on the pre end. I'm more focused on the post end, and we do the show together, and it works. I think really well. So um, I think it's been a good uh, partnership, and I uh, love doing it, like I said. Um, now, Dave, I know we have uh, the Black Music, uh, the Black History Music uh, special coming up next, so we'll have to get the date for folks on that. That's going to be the next yeah. one. And the next one, John, you can prepare for it. It's going to be an album archaeology of Beyonce's Lemonade. Ooh. Yeah, so it's going to be tied. Yeah, we're going to take you. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Dave. Dave, we, we, we decided to combine it, yes. So you can. It's uh, gonna be a long if you show. Prep it if you want to prep it. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if I'm the uh, resident Beyonce <laughs> expert. I'd say uh, of my musical archaeology knowledge, that's gonna be near the bottom. Maybe maybe not the one you want to tap for that show. I've already had to start prepping for this one because Dave's a much more knowledgeable person on uh, than I am with that. Oh. It's, gonna be, it's it's gonna be like Ardwar. You know, he's gonna be coming with some. Uh, yeah. Some deep, deep facts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's going to be like, how do you know? It's going to be like, how do you review the Sistine Chapel? I mean, that's what right. it's like, really. <laughs> you know? Uh, oh. We, by the way, uh, thanks. Always. We got a lot of good feedback on the Peter Gabriel show, by the way. Um, nice. so do, do oh, that album is incredible. Yeah. That was a music uh, theory oh. thing, an exercise in music theory we had to do. That was the toughest album archaeology we've done to date, in my opinion, because, John, there were different mixes that were done. But there were two mixes done for the album, and they're not like very radically different. So pointing out the differences of these things were really mm. tough. So yeah, I love stuff like that. That's fun. Are you a yeah. Are you a Gabriel guy, John? Are you Peter oh, Gabriel yeah. guy or hundred percent? Yeah, you gotta listen 100%. to the album. It's so good. Yeah. All right. I O. So, yeah, I got some so musical good. homework. Yeah, it's a definitely. Uh, I gotta say, if, you know, we're doing the new oldies list for twenty twenty four. This is gonna be right at the top. So if not, nice. yeah, yeah, that's right up my alley. All right, guys. Well, that's yeah. that's it. Um, again, thank you, John. Thanks to our audience, Dave. Thank you as always. That's gonna wrap up Primetime Jukebox episode one twenty into the annals of history for this early February two thousand twenty four edition. We will see everybody on the B side. Take care, everybody. Take care. <laughs>